Let him go, please. I hear you like horror movies, Kirby. But do you like them as much as him? Forget watching Stab. You get to live it. No, 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 no. He's the expert. It's not me. Warm-up question. Jason's weapon. Uh, it's a machete. There, you see, you do know the genre. Michael Myers. Uh, butcher knife. Leatherface. Uh, chainsaw, please. Just ask Sydney if you need some help. Freddy Krueger. Uh, uh, raise your hands. Name the movie that started the slasher craze. Halloween, Ooh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Last House on the Left, or Psycho. Psycho. None of the above. Peeping Tom, 1960, directed by Michael Powell. First movie to ever put the audience in the killer's POV. Wait, no, 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 no. Please, just ask me one more question. Just one more. All right, Kirby. Then it's time for your last chance question. Name the remake of the groundbreaking horror movie in which the villain... Halloween, uh, Texas Chainsaw, Dawn of the Dead, The Hills Have Eyes, Amityville Horror, uh, Last House on the Left, Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street, My Bloody Valentine, When a Stranger Calls a Prom Night, Black Christmas, House of Wax, The Fog, uh, Piranha. It's one of those, right? Right? got it right. I was fucking right. Hello? Who is this? Who is this? The last person you're ever gonna see alive. Where are the people that accuse me? The ones who beat me down and guys we are back this is the scream retrospective this is the end of it this is show number 82 with the skeleton crew and the funny thing is this show number 81 was scream 2 review and show number 82 is scream 4 and you're probably wondering how does that happen well we don't really number our commentaries and we did a commentary from hell called scream 3 yeah we won't talk about that anymore <laughs> But, uh, you know, before we get into that, we just like we have a special guest on the show. I'm always joined by Dan and Jamie, but today we have Duncan McLeish from Podcast Under the Stairs. What is up, brother? How's it going, Boneheads? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? Thanks for coming on, bro. Oh, man, it's my absolute fucking pleasure. Uh, I am totally honored to be on the Skeleton Crew. You guys, I've, I've spoken to you before on my show. One of the reasons that I do the show that I have total inspiration and um i think a small part of me is going to die when you guys uh give up the give up the <laughs> show after the episode I'm, i don't know what i'm gonna have to do i may have to play tag with a bus i'm just putting that out there <laughs> thanks man you know i gotta ask you you know you call your show podcast under the stairs are you just a really huge fan of people under the stairs or did you just uh, mesh a podcast name with a horror movie now pretty he much. actually is under the stairs <laughs> yeah oh he's literally doing it from under the stairs oh. <laughs> pretty much uh, no um uh, your, your co-host uh, jamie jenkins lovely jamie jenkins is partially responsible i think i'm maybe did i send you i must have sent you about 10 10 names, I think, all variations on horror films with podcasts inside it. For whatever reason, podcast under the stairs sounded just, just what? I was just tired at that point and said, yeah, dude, whatever, go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just go with that one. 
I do love that film. I do. I've, I've got a lot of time for the podcast. She was tired of rejecting the names. <laughs> Just like whatever. Um, I do have a lot of time for the film. I think it's one of. I think it's it's an, it's an absurd film, but I think it's one of those ones that when people talk about Wes Craven, like we're going to be doing later on, I think it's one of these films that people just kind of dismiss. Um, and there's a lot actually going on in it. Yeah, it is pretty fucking goofy, and in some parts it's completely ridiculous. You won't see no. many films where, where there's a guy running along, <laughs> along in a gimp suit with a fucking shotgun yeah. blowing holes in a wall. Um, you know that, that that doesn't. Maybe maybe in Glasgow you see that on a Saturday night, but you, you know um, you know in any street in Glasgow, but you won't see that you know on film. And for whatever reason, it just kind of works. I think I don't know. Yeah, well, it was a lot better than Texas Chainsaw Podcast. So. <laughs> That one was taken, I think. <laughs> oh, okay. I love the name, dude. I, I, When I first heard the name, I was like, wow, that's fucking great, dude. I didn't know Jamie Jenkins was involved. I mean, yeah. well, everything fucking Jamie touches is the goal. Don't you know by now? <laughs> I, I should. <laughs> Jenkins is basically a Rosetta Stone for all podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's a Rosetta Stone of modern podcasting. Everything ties to her. She's the code like for everything. You know what? You should have called it Scottish Podcast in London. Oh. Wait, an American werewolf in... Wait, what's it called? In Paris. Wait, uh, fuck it. <laughs> a Scottish Podcast in London. Except he's not yeah, in London. A- he's in Scotland. So. Hey, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm I mean, trying to come up with these things that, you know, how about <laughs> House of a Thousand Podcasts? See, oh, that's, that's, that's cool. my house. <laughs> yeah, it's Jamie's house. Yeah, but the, yeah. <laughs> have you done a thousand podcasts? You I was going to say, who does a thousand podcasts? And I was like, oh, wait. She's here. Yeah. Close to it. Prob- no, I'm, I have no idea. I have not ever put them. I, I keep thinking I'm going to put... Like uh, on a, like on my website, I'm going to put links to all the stuff that I've done, including guest spots. But yeah. that's a daunting task that I, <laughs> I don't really want to undertake. But um, no, obviously not that many. But well, see, one cool thing Duncan did. Now this is uh, you know we'll talk about something a little relevant here. I don't know how to say. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Odorous urungus. Yeah, that's yep. that's pretty much so, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Duncan interviewed him. Uh, what, what, uh, when we, when did you do that? 2000 what? Uh, that was last year, 20, 2013. Um, cause I, I also write and, um, do some stuff and podcast for, uh, a music and movie website called Rock and Real Reviews. And, uh, um, back alleys and shit. Yeah. Interview, interview <laughs> musicians in back alleys pretty much. <laughs> um, which, which isn't as glamorous as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, right. He's going to show them the footage to get back in. <laughs> Honestly, oh, oh man. Uh, but, um, yeah, their new their new album came out last year, uh, which was called Battle Maximus, and um, we got invited to do a Skype interview with them. It was all kind of last minute. I had maybe, like, about half an hour's notice. Um, kind of rushed home from work, got my stuff set up. And um, it could have easily been a train wreck. Mm. Um, but I, I can't stress enough how fucking nice that guy was. And, obviously, it's kind of hit me a wee bit we were kind of talking about this just before we recorded it's kind of hit me a wee bit stronger than general kind of I mean musicians in general musicians and and actors especially if they're involved with genres that you're quite passionate about when they pass on you know a party feels like connected in some way and like you've mentioned on a previous show there's a lot of people that jump on that who Mm. maybe do it kind of disingenuously but in terms of actual uh, if I had never spoken to this guy, I probably wouldn't have given it a second thought when I read the news story that he passed away. But um, because I had spoken to him and because he was 
complete professional, even though he was in character for the whole interview, uh, which was a wee bit weird. I, I actually, part of me thought he might even be wearing the costume. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even though he was sitting at home, I just had this image of him constantly wearing the costume. But he, was, he never broke character once. Um, he gave me probably the most entertaining interview that I've ever done, and I've done loads now with loads of various musicians from big established bands to, to kind of smaller bands that are kind of touring the indie scene and whatnot. But he was just, he was such a nice guy. And um, yeah, I, I mean, kind of really, really kind of hit me quite hard. Um, and I wasn't expecting it to as much, but I, like the day after I found out, I was just kind of sitting there going, you know, I was speaking to this guy a couple of months ago and now he's he's not on the earth anymore which is yeah which is really kind of weird it's that kind of surreal feeling um and i'm not i'm not even big i'm not even kind of sentimental and, and this sounds terrible um and also kind of makes me to be like a bit of cold-hearted bastard but i don't genuinely get i don't experience grief like 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 a lot of people do you know what i mean i'm kind of detached from a lot of things but mm-hmm. for whatever reason that got to me and um the, like the following day i was just sitting there going this is fucking shit you know yeah I, it got to me too, man. You know how though? Like, <clears throat> I, you know, I can't claim to be a huge fan. I'm not gonna, <coughs> you know, pull a Harold Ramis and act like, you know, mm. Guar was my life. <laughs> but the thing is, this the one thing did occur to me. I, you know, I think because one time uh, Miguel Nunez, the guy who plays um Demon, Demon in Friday Thirteenth Part Five, when I talked to him, I said, you know. You know, I, I know you have a huge career and you must kind of be tired of people like me who come up to you and talk about, you know, Friday Five and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, no, nah, man, you know what? Everybody, everybody touches other people in, in some ways. Like, uh, some people just might know him from Juana, man, and that's how it is for them. And some people, like, it's always different and it is what it is and it, it, he don't care about that. And for me, like, Odorous is strictly Holliston. Like, yeah. yeah. That's probably a billion other people, you know? Uh, so the thing that, that hit me about it, and it, I, I fell into this crazy, like, sadness, and it lasted, like, five straight minutes, and it was like, um, I just pictured Adam Green walking into his bedroom and Odorous not being there yeah. anymore. And it was just, like, the weirdest feeling, and it was just so sad, because I felt, I kind of feel chummy with him when he's up there talking to him, and it's... Is it strange? I mean, because yeah, the only reason I know about Austin is from listening to your show, and you guys mm. spoke about it, especially with your your Adam Green interview. And I was like, that. I mean, that. By the way, which was a fantastic fucking interview. Thanks. <laughs> and I was listening to that. I was like, I need to check out this show, and there's no legal means to watch Holliston right. in the UK. So right. I, I'm I'm not owning up to using illegal means um, on air. But I yeah. may have, I may have found a USB stick lying somewhere that just happened to have all the episodes on it. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I sat and I watched them all and it's a really fucking good show. And Odorous, he's part in it. I mean, that, that, that kind of caught me a bit by surprise when he appeared on the screen. I was like, holy shit, they've got fucking Odorous Arangus right. from Guar on yeah. their fucking show. How cool is that? And I mean, like, they've got D Snyder and D Snyder's obviously in the bigger oh. band. And, and whatnot, but just seeing that, and I was like, "That's that's such a fucking cool thing." Because Odorous was a massive horror fan, supported the horror right. community, um, and it was really cool that he was getting. You know, I mean, there'll be a lot of people that watch Austin that might not even know who Guar are, right. um, and the fu- the <laughs> fact that he put you know that on the screen, and they, they did it in such a kind of really kind of cool comedic way, you know, that he's his like imaginary friend in his cupboard and whatnot. And that to me just it works. And I thought, especially when I started reading the the post from Adam Green after it happened, I was like, oh, you man, could tell you that, that? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was like it was really kind of heartbreaking because he's obviously really, really close to the guy. And um, I, I mean, when I interviewed Odorous, I asked him at the end, and I, I purely flung the question in because I knew what the show was, um, and I'd asked him about Host, and, and he, you know, he basically said that you know he'd love doing it. He was campaigning for a season three, and the only re- the only way that would ever happen is if people got behind the show and watched it. You know, really kind of promoted it. And now to think that even if that does go ahead with a season three, he won't be in it. It's right. kind of fucking surreal. It yes. is. Yep. Yeah, man, I got into Guar like I I remember seeing a uh, an episode of fucking Bam Margera's show where Guar was on there. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember that dude? And his yeah. personality was so funny when he got into bed with fucking Bam's parents, and he's like, "I'm scared." <laughs> like, and I was like, "What the fuck?" So I ended up going to a Guar concert, maybe like uh, shortly after. Came home covered in fake blood because their fucking shows are out of this fucking world dude and 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 I was like that was the and the, dude if you listen to their music too it's the most ridiculous like crazy <laughs> shit ever like, is it good it, it's good in like a um uh, I would uh, well I don't want to put it in yeah. terms like that but like a like a scary movie like a spoof but not really like it's good you know what so I mean? is it like horror, mu- horror uh, movie fan music uh, no I mean it's crazy shit dude it's just you gotta listen to it to understand it's like and, thrash metal isn't it it's like thrash metal but yes. with ridiculous fucking lyrics but it's like not yes. the greatest thrash you'll ever hear it's not it's no, not on the, no. the, the levels of like a Slayer or a Metallica or an Anthrax right. or anything like that but it's like Really, really fast, <laughs> crazy music, and then you've got all the guys playing aliens, and you've got Odorous walking around with a giant fucking fake cock, which yep. basically during the show <laughs> sprays out fake semen all over the crowd. <laughs> and they always, wherever they play, they always bring it. In my country, um, they brought out the queen. Uh, so they brought out the queen in the middle of the set, and they chopped their head off. So whatever country they yeah. play in, they find someone who's important in the country, so, you know, like a, a famous right. political figure or that, and they decapitate them on stage, and then the blood just goes fucking everywhere. Oh. And it's, it's so much. It was like there's no one that does it like Guar, and uh, like I, I mean, Dan will tell you it, it's really weird to describe because it sounds it goofy, but when it you're is. there, even if you're not a fan of the band, you just get caught up in it. Exactly, dude. Exactly. And I saw him in like a, it was like a gymnasium, dude. It was weird. It was like a <laughs> dude, seriously, because it was one of those tours Jesus where it Christ. was like you know bands that you know they're not that big and they're not playing stadiums, so there's they're smaller and they're not clubs, so you know sometimes you got to fucking do it in the basketball gym, you know, but. But um, I, I saw them, and even then, I wasn't like a huge Guar fan. I didn't go because I was like, I, there were other bands Guar, that Guar, I, I saw. Guar. I was like, oh, Guar's <laughs> awesome. They're that crazy band or whatever. So I saw them. I liked them or whatever. And then I heard it was on Holliston, and that was the icing on the cake for me. I was like, oh, this is awesome, dude. Odorous is there. And I think everybody can agree that when Odorous was first on there, dude, he's a great fucking addition. Now that he's died, it takes on a whole other fucking thing. But – as a part of that show, he's fucking great. His personality and the way Adam interacts with him, it's fucking hilarious. Oh, and his bad advice and shit. Dude, yeah. you, you know what I love, man? <laughs> like, uh, when I was a kid, the only way I knew about Guar was, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a Beavis and Butthead, like, video game yeah. for uh, Sega and probably all the other ones. And you had to collect tickets that, um, the the dog ate and threw up or some shit or maybe the guy went over it with a lawnmower or something <laughs> and they were guar tickets and you had to collect them all throughout the game and then you eventually get to see guar 
Yeah. And it was like, guar, guar, guar. And that's all oh, I knew about God, them, dude. Oh, my God, yeah, I do remember that. And I think I remember Beavs and Butthead, like, you know, reviewing one of their videos also. Like, Oh, yeah, they used to play them all the time. Yeah, that's the only interaction I ever had. I've ne- like, what is is Guar's music like? Just as bad as Kiss, and they're just known because of the makeup, and they're known because the costumes. Is that how that works? Kiss are probably better at writing a song. I mean, at least right. Kiss songs will get stuck in your head afterwards, and there's a chance you'll sing a lot of them. Guar songs were, and they had a couple of really good kind of kind of melodic songs that you could. There was a there was a tune there that you could maybe remember afterwards. Most right. of what they do is pretty fucking absurd. It's heavy metal too, man. It's fucking, yeah. rah, 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 you know, it's yeah. fucking nuts. Well, Duncan, can you um give us uh, the best Guar song or something, and then we'll play it in between this and the Scream uh, review? What I would say is that if anyone hasn't checked him out in a while, see the whole last album, see Battle Maximus. Yeah, um, yep. it's fucking awesome. It's like yep. really, it's like it's, it's easily the best thing to put out in a decade, and um, that's another reason why it's slightly, it's kind of like it's a wee bit upsetting because to me they were just hitting their stride, um, and the fact that the, I mean, recently in interviews and stuff like that, he'd said. Uh, David Brockie's the the guy that plays Odorous, and yeah. he'd said that you know one of the guys had died last year in the band, right? So the they replaced right? him. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so there's no more existing original members then. I think he was the only. I think to be honest with you, I think even that guitarist wasn't an original member. I think David. <laughs> I think David Brockie was. It's kind of like Guns and Roses, uh, Axl Rose. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think David Brockie is basically he was Guar towards the end, right? And right. Um, that's why. I mean, there won't be any more Guar stuff now that he's gone. They just oh, can't. really? Yeah. There's no way. There's. I don't think fans would appreciate it because uh, mm. David Brockie had been in the band from the start. So, but he said in like. Um, interviews and things like that, obviously the, the death of one of the guys in the band and I think it was possibly drug related um, yeah. and I think what will probably come out is that Odorous's death is drug related yeah yeah I think there's there's been statements by the police saying that there was they'd found some like drug taking paraphernalia and stuff and his house so I mean I think that's uh, it takes a bit of time for them to do toxicology and whatnot. but um, it takes six weeks did he throw up at his last concert at the end when he gave his uh, rating of the concert (laughs) 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 
<laughs> what an asshole will do that. Um, That's my new ringtone, by the way. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Dan gives a Scream 3 rating uh, with an intro of throw. And, and I, I love how he pronounces it. He's like, yes, that was actually me throwing up. That was my actual vomit you heard. You know, Is this Dan, on the last episode? Uh, the commentary. Dude, I've, not, I've not watched it. Oh, I can't fucking wait to. Oh, no, no Duncan, no. No, it has to, has to be watched. See, this is what I didn't want. I knew if we brought attention to this piece of shit show, everybody would be like, dude, I gotta hear this now. Yes. I, I don't even remember it, dude, and I can't bring myself to listen to it. I'm so scared because I literally, so like, remember me and Jamie so saying. ridiculously long. <laughs> Oh man, Jimmy saying don't do it just makes me want to do it even more. <laughs> it's really bad. Like, I, I recommend anybody who didn't want to, like, I, I, you probably watched it already if you're listening to this, but here's the thing. If, if you didn't, if somehow you made it to this one first, just watch it in two separate, like, I can't even imagine asking anyone to sit through two hours of that. I would really recommend half hour increments or if anything, <laughs> one hour at a time. I did it straight. <laughs> twice in one fucking week when we actually recorded it and then when it came out i watched the whole thing actually and then there was another because i started watching it at work that day so i got like 40 minutes in and then i had to start over that night because brian was watching it with me and i was just like i was so sick of scream three by the time i was done with that i was just like never again i will never watch that again i i will die happy not watching that exactly and dude this is while i'm coherent and i can actually say something about the movie here um i think that it really is the dud of the franchise but not only that dude it's a soulless movie it's got nothing to it it's it's, it's like those two porn stars in their house they're fucking soulless they got fucking no art on their walls they got nothing dude so yeah like it's just one of those things where, i think yeah. i think what it does if anything is it proves <laughs> what happens when you bring kevin williamson no right. when you don't have Kel- kevin right. williamson writing a scream film is that it just doesn't work you know did he not write that Mm-mm. no plus who the fuck right. needs a two hour long slasher film that's not good you know, you don't need that. You know, they they were just jerking themselves off with the two-hour runtime, and it was ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean, we had, what, 30 minutes left, and we had just gotten to – or, like, maybe 40 minutes left, and we had just gotten to the third act? Right. I'm like, Oof. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, the, the big question everybody has been asking is, oh, cool. what did you throw up into? Uh, trash barrel. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. A trash barrel. Are people really wondering that? Yes, they did. <laughs> and it's actually not hard to believe. I can see that. I was so <laughs> fucked up that day. I, I apologize. But Alex you. can pee into beer bottles. Hey, I, at least I can tell you where I peed into. Oh, I do that too. I mean, hey, the fucking show comes first, dude. You can, you know. Yeah, really. We're not going to leave for that. You know, actually, there's a lot of things happening on this show. This is a huge show, believe it or not. Now, I'm so proud Duncan is here because this, the day we're recording this, this is April 2nd, and it is the two-year anniversary of the Skeleton Crew. We have been in business for two straight years. Yes, we recorded the the first few shows a couple days ahead of, of course, before April 2nd, but we debuted on April 2nd, 2012. <laughs> Welcome to the Rabbit Blue 
Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rabbit and Glue Radio with the Skeleton Crew. This is Alex. Michael J. And our special guest host. Dan Chase. We've, uh, I, I know what you're thinking. Uh, we kind of remember that show. They've been gone for a while. Well, you know, things are a little different. We're a little restructured now. And we're going to get into all that later. But right now, we got a special for you. We are doing the 12 days of Friday the 13th. We're going to break down dissect and everything in between all 12 Friday the 13th movies leading up to Friday the 13th this April which is the first Friday the 13th of the year and uh, you're going to have a good time we're all going to have a good time right guys? Very excited. I am very excited I'm thrilled I'm, I'm pitching a 10 over it but <laughs> I, I'm ready to puke Friday the 13th retro was like boot camp dude do you remember how much fucking work we did that went into that? Like, I just remember hours, dude. I mean, like, hours of fucking work for that. Uh, I'll still never forget the the worst experience in the world was the Friday Five review. Like, uh, <clears throat> we we did part one. You know, we were a little timid. So uh, even Cosmic Creeper said that sucked, the first one. But he said but for some reason he couldn't turn it off. <laughs> so that's good. You know, it's great. Like a train wreck. I think there was a great magic captured in the Friday 2 review. Yeah. And 3, I think we bashed it a little too much. That was probably hard to take. But then 4 caught that magic again because it was the it was the real genuine passion of a, of a Friday fan with all of us. Right. So we're like, okay, we're on a roll, man. Good. This is a good start. All of a sudden, we go to record part 5 and we just have fucking nothing. We have no chemistry. Our timing is off. The jokes are bad. The references, we had, we had nothing to say about anything. Mm-hmm. We got done recording 45 minutes, and I go, guys, this sucks. <laughs> I, I said, we, we got to do something because we can't even put this out. And oh. and both of you were like, well, want to keep going? I was like, yeah, let's just do more and try to somehow edit this to a whole one show. And that's what we did. I think we spent another 35 minutes on it. And then when I edited it, it went down to like 40 altogether. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. So that was a bad show, but it turned out okay with the, with those edits. And then, We're trying uh, to find our footing, though, man. Trying to, I, yeah. mean, I know I was. I didn't know even know how to podcast. If you listen to those old shows, I'd be talking and trying to think of my next thought, and I didn't have it. Like I'd just be buying time. So like, uh, so uh, you know what I mean? It was just horrible, dude. Like it, it, this is you know before proper note taking and everything. So, but dude, I love those shows, though, man. I love looking back on them and thinking back to when we started and shit, and and thinking actually where we are now it's fucking crazy dude it kind of blows my mind yeah and the funny thing is we did things so differently duncan i don't know if you could tell or if you even remember how we what they were like but um dan and i and and mike we didn't watch we didn't even watch any of those movies before we did that <laughs> those yeah. 12 show well, we knew <laughs> but yeah yeah i mean you know, look we know them like everybody knows them and uh but we didn't even we couldn't even give you a specific like thing like we do now. It's just really weird. But Dave said that that kind of captures something different that was really unique about it, and he loved it for that. So right, right. that's cool. Hey, you know, it all worked out pretty much. So hi, skeleton crew. It's me, Mara J. Just want to stop by and say happy two year anniversary to you, Jamie and Dan. Love you guys. Like I always said. 
never had a bad thing to say about the crew because all your shows since day one I've been here and I loved every one of them you made my day you made me laugh I learned about new movies and I heard of movies that I never heard of and I looked them up and I always try to watch them and see what they're all about because you guys um say so many interesting things that I wish that I had all the time in the world to watch everything you guys watch so um but just want to say thank you thank you for two great years and I'll be here till the end and I will never stop listening even when you're gone I have them on my phone and I always listen to them more than two times every time I get bored or I want to listen to something fun and funny and I just love you guys and thank you so so much okay guys and thank you bye bye so yeah two years skeleton crew <clears throat> but here's the other thing the day this is coming out this show is the day Kurt Cobain died 20 years ago today WXRK New York 923 K Rock. On the 10th anniversary of his death, 923 K Rock remembers Kurt Cobain and the visionary sound of Nirvana. Join us now for this special concert presentation. Nirvana, live in Rome on 923 K Rock. Is that 20 years already? April 5th, 1994. Holy shit, shit man. Damn. Now, uh, Duncan, you a big uh, Nirvana fan? Uh, yeah, I kind of got. Unfortunately, I kind of got into Nirvana after Kurt Cobain died. Yeah, right. Who didn't? <laughs> About ninety ninety six, ninety seven. Um, oh, that way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was. I kind of. I I got into just kind of the heavier side of music. Mm. Kind of about that time, and um, yeah. my friends used to give me. He had like fucking like piles and piles of albums, and he used to just say, "Go and take that one away and listen to it if you like it." You know, make yourself a copy on cassette because <laughs> that's how yeah, far right. we're going back here. You know, <laughs> copy it on a cassette and bring it back. If you don't like it, just hand it back to me and stuff. And um, I remember hearing in utero that was the first one I heard, and I still, th- I still, my, it's still my favorite one that, that that they ever did. But um, I remember hearing that and just thinking, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it sounded like a mess. Yeah, I've never heard anything like it before in my life. But it, I mean, there's just something I, I think. I mean, there's always going to be that argument that Nirvana got big off the fact of the, you know, the whole Kurt Cobain thing. But I think genuinely that as musicians, they were just kind of hitting their stride when he died as well. So I think that band would still be on the go just now, probably just as fucking big, even if he hadn't have died. So, um, but that's fucking scary, man. That's 20 years. Yeah, it makes me right. Feel old as fuck. It does. Dude. Well, look at okay, look at Pearl Jam though. Okay, same fucking kind of thing, dude. They're still going. They're doing that yeah. fucking thing. They they're still coming out with their good careers music. in the shitter though, dude. What is? What's that? Their careers in the shitter though, it, dude. They don't care about that. Pearl Jam don't give a fuck about their career, dude. And, yeah, and but money. you know that he's still a pompous fucking asshole though. <laughs> Have you ever heard that guy back in two thousand five? <laughs> Crazy Cabby, I don't know if you remember from K Rock, him and it was it was Kane and Cabby. They interviewed those guys. They are the most pretentious fucking assholes you ever heard in your life, man. What? Like Oh my god. I just think Nirvana would be kind of doing the same thing where they're still I mean, you, you had that um I don't think so. I don't think Kurt would have stayed in the band as long. Okay. Well then there you go. Um Do you? 
Uh, I don't know, dude. I was never a big Nirvana fan, to be honest with you. I always, I listen to the music. I do enjoy it. But the first song that I fucking really loved by Nirvana was You Know You're Right. When they fucking release that, like, what? <laughs> but, you know what I mean? But I think that song's fucking magical. I will never bother you. I will never promise to. I will never follow you. I will never bother you. I do like it. I especially like the unplugged, the MTV unplugged. I love that shit, dude. I love it. Rob G was at that taping. Yeah, I know. He said that. Isn't that crazy? That's funny. Yeah, the best song on there was the David Bowie cover. Oh, Definitely. Definitely. Oh, by, maybe we'll play that one on this show just to uh, pay tribute to Kirk. Cause, uh, mm -hmm. Jamie, were you a big fan of Nirvana? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> How did I know this was coming? Moving on. No, I just – and it, like back then – it was like, uh, like I remember the first time I heard "Smells Like Teen Spirit." I was at a party. <laughs> they were playing it on MTV, and they had to have subtitles. And I was just watching it, and then I was like, "All right, well, you know, I kind of got into that." But then after a while, I was just like, "Yeah, I'm over this." And he's so emo and and annoying, and I was never a Kurt Cobain. Jamie, fan. this is a tribute to uh, a dead guy. I don't care. You asked me if I was a fan. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think that they're overblown and and people I don't know where they get all the love. I don't get it. Well, I I get it, but you're right. I think it's overblown. But here's the thing. That first, okay, I'll, I'll break it down. There's um the first album is like Bleach or something? Yeah, Bleach. Yeah, that has like seven awesome songs on it. Then you got Nevermind. That has like uh, big... eight awesome at it. I think there's 10. Mm. That's their biggest, obviously. Mm. And then you got um, Incesticide, which was like the B-sides, all the stuff that they didn't put on. Never mind, but it sounds completely different. It, even though the same guy produced it, it doesn't have the same power to it. It's weird. And that has about five good songs on it. Then you got In Utero. That, almost the entire album is perfect. Really? I've, I've never listened to it all. I got to do it now. Dude. Okay. It is the best. Duncan is absolutely right. That is the real Nirvana, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Th that's the talent and the lack of slickness and, and gloss. That's okay. like the gritty shit. That's the best shit. And the first song sounds insanely bad. Like, it, it sounds like shit. <laughs>
when they first recorded that, they brought it to Geffen Records, and the executives heard it, and they said they absolutely refused to release this piece of shit. They said, you got to do this shit over. They said, it sounds horrible. And they did it over, and they still thought it sounded horrible. But Kurt said, well, that's it, man. I mean, I don't know what you want. And they just put it out there. And I think uh, the like the hype of everything, maybe people see it for its greatness only in retrospect or maybe only because they love that other album. If that just came out, we would all just dismiss it. And, and I'll say this too. I can't stand, and you said this too, like, you know, how about, like, you called me out on the fucking uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. He's like, oh, fucking nobody knows that they're filming in fucking Canada. Who cares? If you, you don't know, same kind of thing where, you know, there's so many people, oh, I could feel the change in music when, when they came out. No, you didn't. You were fucking into Poison and fucking, and, and listening to all these fucking bands, and you were probably like, what the fuck is this? Welcome to the jungle! <laughs> You're gonna die. <laughs> M- music wouldn't let you um, stay with poison, all those things, because it was such an overtaking with with everything on the radio. I mean, you had to listen to the Smash and Pumpkins, Stone Temple Pilots, uh, Blind Melon, uh, Radiohead. See, uh, to, to me, Alex, and I'm glad you said that because I know you're a big fan too. But I was more of a fucking Pumpkins fan than like a Nirvana fan. Oh, and, far and more. I got into music a couple years later, which kind of lines up with with the Pumpkins more than Nirvana. But I mean, the Pumpkins were still around when Nirvana came around. But I was more fucking following their career than than uh, than anything else, more than Nirvana's. Definitely. Yeah, they hit big in '96 with that double album. Oh God, yeah. And that has my favorite song of theirs on it. It's called Bodies. I've played a little bit of, on the show. Great yeah. song. That's like the heaviest song they've ever done. And it, it's like the, my favorite one. Just the way he screams, dude. Like, go on YouTube, look up Bodies. Like, yep. that's the greatest song from the Pumpkins, in my opinion. I don't know. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, hey, man, Kurt, we miss you, brother. And uh, sorry you didn't think life was living uh, worth living. But, uh, you know. I mean, it was meant to be. It is what it is, and uh, we're all gonna die someday, anyway. So, what's the difference, I guess, when it happens? But you know, yep. I don't know, man. I mean, it definitely, it definitely was like a a timestamp of our lives. I don't think any of us will forget where you were when you. I, actually, I really don't know where I was when I heard he died, but I I remember that that those days at least, uh, that time of my life. You know, I was a little too young for that, so I don't remember that shit at all. No, I was 14. 14. Yeah, I was like 10. Yeah, you were 10. Yeah, you don't remember that. Yeah, exactly. Duncan, you remember that? Uh, yeah, I actually remember it was my friend that was really into them at the time. There was the guy that got me into music. and uh, Well, that that sort of music. Um, and I remember he was gutted. He, had, he used to have pictures of him all over his bedroom and stuff like that. Um, mm. And he was, you know, he was like really... It was one of those things that I think it happened. And it's not like, you've got to remember the internet wasn't around at that time. Well, it was, but it wasn't like we know the internet um, now. Right. And uh, I think it took like about one or two days for the news to properly hit out over in the UK, you know, that Kurt Cobain had, you know, had committed suicide. And um, he was devastated. I mean, he would like, like tears and everything. And mm. I mean, I would have been 94, I would have been 13. So, oh my uh, Lord. Yeah. I was in college. <laughs> yeah, Jamie was 26. <laughs> I was not 26, but I was in college. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) Jamie was just back from a tour in Nam. Uh, Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, so, uh, (laughs) 
Uh, that's classic. Oh, man. yeah. So I would, I would, I would ask Jamie if she remembers, but uh, she can care less. So I remember. Right? I didn't care. She just didn't care. <laughs> but I do remember. I think, my, I think my response was, "What a dumbass." Yeah, you know, there was actually. A, you think he's a dumbass? There was a fucking copycat suicide that around that day, <sighs> like about a week later. Now that's a dumbass. Yeah, can you imagine, like, if he could be alive today and think and say, what the fuck did I do? I like, can't think, because I've met some fucking depressed-ass people that have fucking killed themselves, dude. And, I, I mean, not that it makes sense to me, but I've seen it, so it's like, okay, that's what that looks like. And I've seen interviews of Kurt Cobain and shit, and it's like, uh, you nobody can tell you how the fuck you're feeling. Same thing with, like, that dude that you were talking to, Demon, you know? Nobody can fucking say what connection you have, and same with you and Odorous, you know? When you talk to him and, and you, you know, you thought he was such a fucking cool guy and, and you know no nobody could take that away from you now i'm not the biggest fan of people that like we said with harold ramus he's my fucking favorite director it's he's not- my childhood yeah exactly like yeah exactly it's just it's a little overblown but i i do understand what you guys are talking about too with that connection that you feel um especially talking to people because just you just get their personality and it's like like you said, wow, that person's fucking not here anymore. It's kind of fucked up. And it does, man. It hits you, you know? It, it definitely yeah. hits you. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. My dad is the type of person who will say, if you commit suicide, you're a coward. Now, I don't I don't judge people that fucking commit suicide. Sorry. N- n- number one, you, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know why they don't want to be here. <clears throat> and let's, you know, Kurt Cobain was a major heroin addict, and that's a horrible life. And he had stomach ulcers. Like, exactly, fucking, dude. It was a nightmare. Yeah, total nightmare to be alive. And and he really – once you get that fame, I, I, I could imagine <clears throat> getting that big and then not caring and, and, and not being like that – not fulfilling me anymore. I, I could definitely see that happening, you know. And the best art comes from pain too, man. I mean everybody knows that. It, it's kind of yeah, a yeah. fucked up thing to say. But if you think – you know, that's that's where the best shit comes from unfortunately. Well, you know. Yeah, well, except for the Scream 3 review. That was painful, but it was not great art. Painful on a whole different level. The, the funniest comedians are the ones who are who have a like a, such a shitty life and a, a right. shitty past, and they have so yeah. much because it gives you a lot to work off of. Some of the best art does come from pain, and that that is, I guess, a double edged sword. You know, you get to be. Uh, you get to express yourself artistically, uh, but that at the same time, you also have to live through those things that bring that artistic view, which is which right. is often very painful and very sad, you know. And, and yeah, and I'm sure there was a, you know, I, no one will ever know everything that was going on in his mind, you know. And I don't, ju- I'm like you, Alex. Though I don't really judge people because I feel like if they did something, if if they if something is so bad that they just can't imagine going on and they just don't want to go on, who am I to tell them that they have to? Yeah, like you who know? the fuck it's, are we, dude? Yeah. Um, I think it's sad for his child, though, that you know he left his child behind, and yeah, that's messed up. Yeah. Maybe that maybe it was the name of his kid. Maybe that's why he did it. <laughs> what was it, Apple or something? <laughs> no, wait. That's oh, going to the Francis it's, um, Bean, right? Uh, Francis. Yeah, Bean. Francis Bean. <laughs> <laughs> she had her revenge. Now, you know, I, I will judge the, the copycat guy because he's just oh, a no, moron. no, that was just retarded. <laughs> yeah, that's just stupid. <laughs> so you're just an asshole. But everybody, anybody with a real reason to do it, okay. Right. Hey, Skeleton Crew. It's uh, Cosmic Creepers here. I just wanted to drop in to wish you guys a happy two-year anniversary to Alex, Dan, and Jamie Jenkins. Thank you so much for... The two years of entertainment you provided me, 
I truly appreciate it. Love you guys. Peace out. So, uh, so speak. Go going back to horror real quick before we get to scream. Uh, so, there's news of Phantasm Five is is happening. Coscarelli, baby. No, Coscarelli is not doing it. He's not it, dude. directing it, but he is involved and he handpicked the director. I'm down. Yeah. So he I mean, awesome, he dude. handpicked the guy to direct this because they've worked together before, and he completely trusts that he will give the vision that he wants. So I'm super excited about this. Oh, and dude, yeah, and the ghoul wants us to do a phantasm retrospective so bad, dude. He's been asking for it since like day one. <laughs> I know. Maybe when part five comes out. Maybe yeah. What's up, skeleton crew? It's Tony T here. Just wanted to wish you a happy two year anniversary. That's pretty crazy because your Evil Dead remake show was the first show of yours that I ever heard. That was show number 51, so looks like I missed the party last year. But this makes it my official one-year anniversary as a dedicated listener. I started listening to you guys because after I went and saw the Evil Dead remake, I went to work and I basically felt like Listening to somebody not be a douchebag and just admit that they liked that movie because it was a fucking blast. I uh, like the fact that you guys aren't trying to be fake film critics. You're just being honest and fun. Love all your personalities and you are just so goddamn entertaining to listen to. So, like I said, thank you very much and happy two-year anniversary. So, uh, the Scream, um... The Scream TV show, uh, there's news about that again. Dude, isn't I, you know, that crazy, though? That just came out fucking today, right? I saw it on, uh, I think Alex Anderson posted it, but I saw it on Bloody Disgusting as well. Dude, the day that we're fucking... doing on fin- Bloody Disgusting? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no one should be on Bloody Disgusting. Is it bad? Just kidding. Yeah? No, I'm just kidding. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's just a, that's just a, a personal thing, and that's all I'm going to say. What? <laughs> Should I go to jamiejenkins.com? <laughs> if that friends. existed, I would totally tell you to do that, but I'm it does not that. exist. I'm going to do that. <laughs> hope it's not taken. It's weird because a show that's doing a Scream retrospective on their – one of their big days, the two-year celebration, that news comes out. The like, last it's just a, one too. Like we're, we're doing Scream 4 today and that news drops about the TV show. And remember we said in one that we got no news on it? We're like, yeah, we've heard nothing about it. Yeah, we we were supposed to. That's why we took so long to do this because we were gonna do it to build into that show the way we always do things. Yep. It didn't ever never came to anything, so we just said, "Fuck it, we're gonna die before we get this over with." So we just did it now. <laughs> what do you, you know, guys think about? So, uh, it just it basically says not much confirming that uh, Craven is uh, directing or anything. They say he will direct the pilot, but he's not confirmed or anything. But um, I guess the kind of the synopsis is like. Um, uh, okay, the pilot explores a YouTube video that has gone viral and causes problems for the protagonist, Audrey, who is caught in the middle of murders and the town's troubled past. So I'm guessing it's in Woodsboro, I would assume. Yeah. Um, it'd be stupid if it wasn't, but uh, uh-huh. I don't know, dude. And the, the things that I liked about Scream 4, kind of updating it with the technology, I thought was some of it was bullshit and some of it was, was done really well. So. Uh-huh. It's all how they use these YouTube videos. It's all, it's, it, well, that's not all it is, but it, it's all how this shit is done. And I hope it's not fucking cheesy. And I don't know. Is MTV still doing it? Yeah, it's MTV. So you never know. I mean, I, people tell me Team Wolf is good. I will stop ragging on that show. Um, cause I, wow, people still watch that, huh? People still watch it, right? Shit. Jamie must. It's a werewolf show, right, Jamie? Oh, she must watch it then. <laughs> huh? 
<laughs> but Teen Wolf, you know what's funny is no, I don't. Um, Mike, <laughs> <laughs> Mike keeps trying to get me to watch it for evil episodes right. because he watches it, and I'm just like I, I, no. I don't know. I don't know why I'm resistant. He keeps telling me it's good, and I keep telling him I'm gonna, and then I never do. So uh, the only know. person they can't get to watch it is the girl who runs the Liking It show. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, look, I was bitten in the ass by bitten. <laughs> Doing that again. Oh, bitten! Oh my god! Right? <laughs> it's like the werewolves Jeez. of OC. <laughs> <laughs> 90210. Oh, that is awesome. I love you so much right now. <laughs> oh, shit. You're crazy, Jamie. But th- 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 there's a bunch of other stuff about um, the, the pilot, too. And it's pretty it's pretty intriguing, man. I mean, honestly, I'd like to see a Scream 5 and kind of maybe, I don't know, wrap up all the bullshit things that happened in Scream 4 that they didn't pursue. So, um I wanted to see that at kind of like, uh, you know, this is the next, um, this is the next, obviously, story. That and- says the no shad. <laughs> that I'm the man. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, but see, if they can pull this off, though, man, and they might be able to fucking do this where they can still make the movies. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. If if they stay away from the supernatural shit like they hinted, uh, and if they keep it in the same, you know, they keep the same tone, fuck yeah, they keep can it real, do, bitch. Keep, keep it real. Keep it real. Yo, 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 yo. Oh, yo, 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 yo. I wonder if they'll bring it back. But yeah, they got to bring it back. Then it'll be the best TV show ever. Maybe they'll buy fucking Stu's old house. <laughs> it'll be better than not. Oh, dude, they should go back to that house. I love that fucking house, dude. I want to. I want to party there. I want to get drunk there. I want to fucking yeah. Ah, uh, dude, that one shot of like from a distance looking at the whole house it looks like the greatest place in the world to hang out, man. Doesn't it, man? Oh, it makes God. so much sense. Fucking Stu knows where he's going when he's chasing her. I was like, how the fuck did he pop out there? Oh yeah, that's right. It's his fucking house. Exactly. Hey, skeleton crew guys, this is Brian Sammons. I've been listening to your show now for probably the last mm, six months, give or take. And uh, so far, I've really enjoyed it. I've even gone back and listened to your archive. And uh, I gotta say, you have one of the best put-together and sounding horror podcasts out there. Um, Whoever does the editing and the stitching... And the inclusion of all the little sound bits really does a good job. Uh, The fact that you guys have a great chemistry together and you always cover a nice wide range of interesting movies, well, that's just uh, icing on the cake. I wanted to call in and say, happy anniversary, guys. Thank you so much for all the awesome entertainment you've given me over these last six months. And I look forward to continuing listening to The Skeleton Crow. Please keep up the very good work, and I'll be more than happy to continue listening. Great job to everyone involved. And once again, happy anniversary. Uh, One last thing uh, before we hop out of this is uh, unrelated to horror. Uh, The movie Sabotage came out, and everybody knows I'm a big Arnold fan. Listen, all y'all, what's the Sabotage? Sorry. So, yeah, who was that? The Beastie Boys or something? Oh, yeah, I can't stand it. I know you're playing it. I'm going to set it straight this water gate. I love that song. I do that for fucking karaoke fucking all the time when I'm shit-faced, dude. Dude, well, did you need to check out um, – you ever heard the Cancer Bats 
uh, yes. cover of it. Right, yep. well, the Cancer Bats, linking back into an earlier story, the Cancer Bats toured with Guar and they have a YouTube video up um, of them playing live on stage with Odorous singing Sabotage with them. Really? <laughs> oh my yeah? god. You need to fucking check it out. He's still in full costume and everything. It's fucking mental. Wow, we'll post that for sure. Fuck yeah. That's crazy. Well, there's good news and bad news. The good news is that Sabotage is a really solid flick. Even is Jake it? Courthouse likes it too, yeah. <laughs> Jake Courthouse. The bad news is the the whole planet's really not that interested in it. There must be like Jamie with Nirvana and nobody wants to see it. Dude, I heard he was fucking jacked in this movie. Like, like there's a picture of him working out in the gym and I guess he's fucking back on the roids fucking ready to go, huh? Yeah, man. I think so. <laughs> Hey, man, he's doing the new Terminator and fucking King Conan and fuck, man. <laughs> King Conan, yeah, yeah, man. I'm so I'm more excited, believe it or not, for Conan than Terminator. Like, uh, you know, Terminator just sounds crazy. We don't have, you know, we spent a lot of time before the Scream thing, so we'll get into the uh, what we heard about Terminator later. But it just sounds like insane. I don't know if they could pull it off, but I will fight my younger self. Exactly. It's weird. So, yeah. uh, but Conan, uh, that should be great. I've been waiting for that since 1986 or something. Dude, I just yeah. watched that for the first time in a long time, Conan the Barbarian. Holy! Wasn't it great, dude? Holy shit, is that a good movie, dude? James Earl Jones, man. Yep, yep. As, uh, as, uh, False of Doom. Oh my god. It'll be interesting, Alex, to see if this, you know, the, you're saying obviously it didn't, it didn't perform particularly well no. at the cinema. It'll be interesting to see if this is going to kind of spiral through now because I don't think Escape Plan did particularly well for, <laughs> you know, his collaboration with Stallone. I don't no. think Stallone's film Bulletproof did particularly well Dude, either. Dude, that was straight it, to video. Was it? Yep. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah, God. I think so. Yeah. I think, um, I, it, may, it may have had a cinematic release in the UK. I don't know what that says about us. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. it was straight to oh, – maybe I'm wrong. Hey, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought it was definitely straight to video, yeah. Yeah, but Escape the, Plan, though, even though it bombed in the US, dude, it made mad money overseas. That's the thing. Everyone's saying Arnold has a huge following overseas. And so well, this is what I was going to say, yeah. So I mean, David those... What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I think – I think um, – <laughs> I'm interested because my, my, theory, my theory. Don't That's don't mock the Hoff. No. <laughs> so does David Hasselhoff. I think he's <laughs> the best video ever, man. Oh, that, that, oh that I right love that video, man. Is drunk man personified, right? Oh, I can play that on the show. <laughs> but um, I'll be interested to see because I've got a theory. My theory is that basically your your kind of Marvel films, your superhero films are basically they are now our 80s action films right so that's that's what people if i was the age i was now when you know i was watching arnie films um i would be i'd be watching marvel films that's what i'd be going to see is because it's ridiculous action over the top completely you know out there special effects all thing explosions the works so i think you know the, the trend might be that even though there is a bit of nostalgia for like Arnie and Stallone and I mean, expendable shows that because uh, both of those films did quite well. But I think it might just be that the trend is moving away from those guys now. And maybe it's just that action films are just not like 
we remember them being. So we'll right. still go out and check it. I'll still go and see Sabotage when it comes out over here because I, I saw the trailer and I was like, ah, this looks like fucking the film that I've been waiting on it to do for fucking 10 years. I can't wait to see it. Um, but I just think the younger people, which is what these films are really being aimed for, they're not being aimed at me and you. They're, they're aimed at the team market because that's the market right. that goes to the cinema the most. I just think these guys don't have the same reverence for people like right. Arnold Schwarzenegger. They don't. They really don't at all. It's weird. It's really strange, but they've just not, they've not had the, and I mean, it, it's funny. You go back and watch these films and you can, you, they are pretty cheesy and you can laugh all the way through them, but they're still fucking immensely entertaining all the way oh, through. Yeah. You know, Commando, yeah. Predator, you know, all these things that they're brilliant. But I just think that if you show them to like someone who's like, I don't know, 13, 14, they'll watch it and they'll just go, eh. Uh, shrug right. their shoulders and go back right. to watching the new Captain America film or whatever. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> Which I, I, I heard think it's was just fucking really good. Dude. At Predator, you think they will shrug their shoulders at Predator? Who are these thirteen-year-olds think... that I need to beat them about the head? <laughs> I think I think this is the thing. I think unfortunately, Jamie, we're we're in this situation now where people will more associate. Predator, uh, Predator with things like Alien versus Predator than right. actual going back no. and watching the original. No, there was a spine pull and that was fucking <laughs> awesome. Did, does, I, know, I know somebody that watches that movie like obsessively, like they love Alien vs. Predator. I'm like, really? Yeah, Matt Wazell. <laughs> Matt Wazell. Dude, he he likes that. Well, can I say something <laughs> about Arnold's comeback too? Now, as compared to Stallone's, now, I think Stallone has a bigger pull because Stallone came back with Rocky, which was a good installment of Rocky. I loved it. <laughs> I, I, some people didn't like it. I thought it was good, dude. I thought it was a fucking good movie. And then he came right, and then right oh after that, oh my god, he, Rambo, Rambo, so fucking good. It was good, but it wasn't enjoyable though. It was like depressing in a way. No, it wasn't. You had blood and guts flying everywhere, dude, legs. I it, that, love that. That movie. was some awesome shit. Right, and, and now think about now think about Arnold's comeback. Now Arnold's the comeback, last stand was awesome. So he's not starting like and revamping his franchises, getting the people that have grown up with him interested, or younger people knowing, oh, I've heard of Terminator. Okay, let me check this out. And I know what you're saying; they're not as interested, Duncan. I totally get that. Yeah. But if you're trying to get a draw, a poll, you know, you're trying to gain an audience, they should go back to the well that works. And but and then you can get away with a bullet bombing. Like Stallone did. Yeah. Like you can do, you can get away with li- your little films doing what they do because you you kicked it off with fucking with fucking Rocky and Rambo, dude. And 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 they were good. And that's the point. They were good. Yeah, Arnold should have done Conan when he came back, or Definitely. or a Terminator, Maybe or Stallone something. Should have done Stop or My Mom Will Shoot too. <laughs> oh man, that he was... should have done Tango and Cash too, right? Oh, Tango and Cash. Oh, that's amazing. I love that film so much. Maniac Cop is in that. I've never seen yeah, that. Yeah, he is, yeah. <laughs> you broke that jaw? <laughs> you, you've got a, <laughs> you've got Jack Plans sitting there saying, you know, if it's not Tango, it's Cash, Cash, Tango, Tango, Cash. <laughs> These two cops are driving me nuts. <laughs> Fucking amazing, man. Absolutely. I love amazing. Duncan's American accent. I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's <laughs> so <great>. bad. <laughs> So yeah, I guess so. That's uh, that. Oh yeah, real quick. Uh, just the the box office numbers for sabotage, sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. They were horrible, right? 
Yeah. Um. Oh, it, oh yeah, dude. Oh. The o- opening day was 1.6, and the whole oh. weekend was like 5.4, some shit. Dude. And the opening day for the last stand was 2 million, and that was a bomb. So this, it's getting worse. And what I'm worried about is, is this going to impact future roles? Are people not going to? And dude, the budget was 35 fucking million dollars. Right. That's a big fucking hit. Who's going to cover that? Who's gonna, who with the fucking studio is going to have to fucking bite that bullet, dude? Holy shit. But man. yeah, but they're going to wish they had a bullet to the head. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What's up, boneheads? Banana Laser here, Matt and Dave. Congratulations to the skeleton crew, Alex, Dan, Jamie, on two years. Can't believe wow. it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy that you guys have been doing this for for two years and it's awesome because dave and i have said it a million times before but we are great huge fans of you guys you guys yep. r- really inspire us dave and i wouldn't have met if we weren't in the skeleton crew we, you know we wouldn't be recording on microphones right now banana laser would have never happened if we weren't inspired by what you guys do i gotta tell you i got lucky the whole thing I got lucky just because I happen to know Alex from back in the day. And if I didn't know Alex from back in the day, none of this would be happening right now. So the whole thing is pretty amazing. So there's probably not two guys that are more grateful uh, that that the show's been around more than us because we're probably as big of fans as you could be of the show. I mean, I talked all about it when I appeared on the 50, about how I was listening to it every day and (laughs) nonstop for months catching up and... Boy, I look back on that with real fond memories, and now, now look where look where it is now. I mean, everything's great, and we have our thing here, and it's yeah. We we barely listen to the Skeleton Crew now because we're so busy. No, 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 no. Seriously, never miss know, a thing. Absolutely, and now podcasting. You know, I, Skeleton Crew was the second podcast I'd ever listened to. I was just so enthralled by the subject matter and the personalities of you guys. I just couldn't wait to listen again. I listened right from Jump Street, the Friday 13th shows, and and every day I just couldn't wait to get off work. I'm like, there's this going to be this new show on Friday 3. I got to hear it, you know, and all this stuff. So, And then um, the addition of Jamie Jenkins was just brilliant, came in at the perfect timing, and just you guys even soared to to better heights after that. And the stuff you guys do, considering that... You're not getting a paycheck for any of this stuff. You know, it's just the love of the game. Do all this for the love of it, and it really shows. And it's that passion that we try to carry through to what we do. Can't congratulate you guys enough. Can't suck your dick enough. (laughs) 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 Nice. Once again, I I got lucky because I never heard anything. This was the first thing I ever listened to. So talk about starting at the top and then... You know, thinking that it was all this great, you know, and then <laughs> listening to the skeleton crew, and then I went back and listened to some other shows, and I was like, hmm, okay, well, let me try this show. Yeah, okay. After I got all caught up on the skeleton crew, I was, you know, but I remember, like you were saying, being as excited, and I was excited as can be every day when I first discovered the show. I listened to them all. I, I, same thing, I couldn't wait for my commute. I was listening, driving to work, driving from work just non-stop for like a a month or two until I caught up and then I was like everybody else waiting for the next episode to come out but I got really lucky or or unlucky because yeah I tried to compare something else to to the skeleton crew and it couldn't be done I was like okay great this is is it there's not a show better and um, 
shit, ain't a damn thing changed, man. It's still, uh, I love those mornings when freaking I look at my iPod and it pops up and there it is, New Skeleton Crew Show. All right, rock and roll, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, from, from the both of us, I know, you know, we joke around a lot, but sincerely, Alex, Dan, Jamie, we love you guys. You guys rock. You guys are great friends. Thank you guys very much. Yes, thank you very, very much, and much love, and cheers, and keep doing what you're doing as long as you want. You don't got to stop at 100. You don't got to stop ever, but <laughs> just keep doing what you're doing, man. We love it. Don't stop believing. All right. <laughs> and cut. Are we cut? Nice. Cut, Pete? All right. Jesus Christ, dude. I am Whew. so fucking tired of this bullshit. I mean, oh. I, know, I know Alex is paying us to fucking say this shit, and come on his show and all this crap, but it's getting... It's so... getting hard. <sighs> it's getting hard to come up with new shit to say. How many more? I mean, what? They got 20 shows or something left? Please, God. I, I'm just so, I'm so done with it. I'm ready for them to be off horophilia, and so we can just dominate like we should be. Fucking pricks. It's coming, brother. Don't worry about it. It's coming. Fucking enough. I think the next shows are going to be... Uh... I think they're cranking out because even they know that fucking, they're, it's a fall from grace at this point. It's with Clearly, us. They, I mean, look, yeah. the the only good part of the skeleton crew was Michael J, and he's been gone for you know what fifty episodes now. Jesus Christ! Shit, do you even t- have you even told Alex that <sighs> you've been listening to the Morbidly Made as much as I have? Man, you should see these morbidly made T-shirts I made up for those guys. They fucking rock, dude. Really man. sweet. Hey, whatever. Just. Uh... I'm, I didn't want to tell him. Uh, I don't want to hurt his feelings, but I can't help it. Fucking, if I'm enjoying them morbidly made more, what can I do? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, it happens. So. Not everybody stays on top forever, except for us when we get there. Oh, yeah. Just get these fucking idiots out of the way. We'll be there. See ya. <laughs> we don't want to be ya. Now, hey, I got a couple of things I want to go through before uh, before we, we get too crazy. Before we get to scream, yes. Now, what did you guys think of the fucking Ninja Turtles uh, uh, trailer? I did. I'm a turtle fan. Um, no, no, love the turtles. Absolutely okay. love the turtles. But mm, I, I, I sounded like a transformer there. <laughs> 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 Rush, isolate that one. Slime, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, don't isolate <laughs> that, Alex. I don't want to hear We got puke. Uh, we got yo, 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 yo. We got... I love <laughs> <you guys. laughs> Let me put it this way, right? What struck it to me straight away is, yeah, Michael Bay has his fingers all the way right through this. The standard, there's like, you know, action sequence happens right at the beginning. Buildings are fucking tumbling. You know, half the city's destroyed. And I'm like, that would never have happened in the Bullshit, Turtles cartoon. Right? That dude, that was my first. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That is yeah, not I was like, what the Turtles, fuck? Dude. Exactly. It's not I Michael Bay's fingers have been in. <laughs> Wait, I thought that the that he had a problem with uh, that chick from t- Megan Fox, dude. He fucking yeah. fired her. <laughs> Why is she in his next movie? I don't understand. So fuck knows. <laughs> I know she's fucking hot, and uh, I'd put her in anything, and I'd put anything in her. But anything in her, right? <laughs> I heard that she formally apologized to him. That's why. So does that mean uh, she got on her knees and uh, slobbed his knob? Well, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. I mean, I would put her in a sack. Yep, she did it. Uh, <laughs> How can you accuse her of doing that when you know he's too busy sucking his own cock? Oh, exactly. She can't oh, even sorry. get in there. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, she's like, come on, move your head. Let's share. Come on. Um, did you guys see when he had a meltdown on stage? And he, Oh, it was amazing. Oh, he couldn't even tell people about his own movies and how he how he goes about it. He was like, <laughs> he was reading how his answers from a teleprompter about what he does, how he brings uh, movies to life. What? And then as soon as the teleprompter was stuck, he was like, um, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't do this. And he just walked off the stage. There was like oh. 3,000 kids out there waiting to hear what he said. Ah. Yeah, it was like, uh, it was, uh, up in one was, word, explosions, the end. It was like, uh, it was like right. a, a Samsung phone thing. And it basically was because the phone had the best visual aspect ratio right. on a phone or some shit like that. And they brought him out to talk about how he, you know, takes images and puts them on the screen and all the rest. And it's just like Alex said, at first he starts talking and then he realizes the teleprompter is not working. What inspires you? How, how do you come up with these unbelievable ideas? Um, I create visual worlds that are so beyond every, everyone's normal life experiences. And Hollywood is a place that creates uh, a viewer escape. And um, what I try to do is, I, as a director, I try to... Uh, the type is all off, sorry, but I'll just wing this. Tell us what you think. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll, we'll wing it right now. Um, I, take, I try to take people on an emotional ride. And um, the curve? How does it? Uh, how do you think it's going to impact uh, how viewers experience your movies? Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, let's thank Michael Bay for joining us. I'm sorry, I can't do this. He just walks oh, off. <laughs> Total fail. Oh, man. You can't man. even tell people. The guy has to be a genius on some level to even make that shit come to life. How can you not just talk about it? <laughs> yeah. It like, like, you imagine talking about this show. Like, how do you guys uh, put the podcast together? Well, um, first we sit down and uh, we get our microphones out and um, we press record. You know what, guys? I just can't do this, I'm dude. Sorry. If I want to listen to 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 somebody about movie making, I'll listen to Kevin Smith or I'll listen to Tarantino or Robert Rodriguez. That's all. That's yeah, all right. I need. That, that's all I need. You know. And, yeah. and but, dude. I, so it's, going back though, Duncan, I totally agree with you. That trailer was complete and total utter shit. Like, yeah, I, yeah, it, I didn't think it was that bad. No, no, no. Here, here's here's what I'm saying though. Okay, it's shit for a couple different reasons. The the trailer itself sucks. Yeah, that's true. We see a turtle fucking being fucking catapulted into a fucking tank, or, or I'm sorry, a Humvee, <laughs> rather. Like, what, what are we even watching? It gives us no, like, anything. Like, and then he fucking takes off his mask. I'm sorry, dude. The turtles look creepy as fuck. They do. <laughs> yeah, they, they got like, round eyes. No, because they gave them more human faces, dude. Like, more uh, mannerisms or whatever in their faces, dude. They look fucking creepy. When he, No, no, it's just a mask. He took off that mask. I was like, what the, the fuck is that? The creepiest shit ever, man. No, I'm oh not going to be God. one of those people that, Michael Bay raped my childhood. Michael Bay didn't rape <laughs> shit, dude. He just, he just fucks up a lot of movies. And you, you don't have to fucking see them. But I have a feeling that this isn't going to be as bad as people say or whatever. But I think it's going to be like a fucking huh, a shell of what it used to be. Oh, thank okay. you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dan, will it at least be better than part three? And it took, but, uh, oh, part three yeah, yeah. with the scepter, dude. You believe <laughs> I was going through my old toys, dude? And I was like, what the fuck? And I found a little piece of a toy, and it was a fucking Ninja Turtle scepter from part three. I was like, oh no! I was like, this is the best thing to come out of that shit movie. <sighs>
looking back, I had those toys, and I wonder how the why in the fuck would I ever own that? Like yeah, that was the worst movie ever, man. Like, and just today I watched the turtle cartoon. I watched when Shredder's mother came, and she came into the Technodrome, and oh, <laughs> uh, Casey Jones, man, who who's that guy who played Casey Jones? He was a real actor. Isn't his name like Co Cotis? Cotis is that that dude? I think he's in a few things, dude. I think he's in. He's in an Arnold movie too. I, forgot I always get him mixed up though with another dude. But I want now. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he was the villain in Kickass, right? Am I wrong? He kind of looks like Christopher Maloney too. And I think he's in um, dude. He's in a few things, man. And yeah, oh, he's in Harold and Kumar three, I believe, with Danny Trejo. <laughs> and uh, I don't oh, know, God. dude. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, that movie's fucking ridiculous. Danny Trejo. Dude. dude, Danny Trejo comes out with a new movie every three months. Oh, can you both? Dude, he owns Netflix, pretty much. <laughs> I know, right? And they're all so bad. But, dude, remember we were asking him? We were like, what do you get? He's like, I don't know. What do I got next? Like, it's just another job for him, dude. He don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking right now. His name is, oh, Elias Elias Cotus, yeah. Cotus. He's been around since the 80s. He was in... Cricket! What's the pretty in pink? It's it's like pretty in pink opposite, but um, um oh hell, um where the the girl oh, with Eric Blue? Stoltz. <laughs> oh 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 Eric, oh, oh what is that? No, um with <laughs> no he was in Collateral Damage with Arnold, and he yeah. was uh, yeah. recently he was in Haunting in Connecticut. Oh Jesus! Oh dear, he was in Shutter Island, The Red Line. Benjamin wait, 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 who the fuck was he? Oh shit, dude, he was fucking the dude. Yeah, in the Zodiac. He is? Yeah, he plays um, one of the cops. I think it's the Vallejo office. He plays uh, the the main guy, kind of, one of the main guys trying to hunt down the the Zodiac killer. Well, and it's can I... And, oh, oh, and he plays a killer on the killing. He's the fucking main villain, dude. He's no pun intended. Fucking dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's so good on the killing, dude. I was like, yo, is that motherfucking Casey Jones? Fuck, dude. Dude, I loved him. Remember he had to do the Walk of Shame and do fucking Turtles 3, man? And he hung out oh, with yeah. those Japanese guys? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. What a paycheck that was. Like, why wasn't he in 2? That would have been fucking epic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it, man. Which April knew you like better? Uh, the one in one or two and three? Uh, I'm, I'm partial to one just because that was my shit, man. Like, two and three, it didn't feel like April, really. I, I thought it did, but I I like I think I like the first one better. But the second one, I think it's hotter. But whatever. Oh, yeah, of course. Some kind of wonderful. That's Some kind Sorry. of wonderful. Sorry. That's a- <laughs> what did you just blurt out? What, was, what are you talking about? He's in that? Eric Stoltz. He's in, yes, he's in, that's the movie with Eric Stoltz I was trying to remember. He's in Stoltz. Some Kind of Wonderful. Oh, okay. Hello, my name is Eric Stoltz. <laughs> Eric Stoltz. Hey, man, don't don't fuck with Rocky Dennis, man. No, no, I would never, never. Uh, please, guys, I know you skip songs. Maybe if I put them between, you know, segments. You better not. You caught suckers. This is Kurt Cobain. The guy died twenty years ago. A very tragic. Let's listen to his best live performance in uh, MTV Unplugged. Uh, This is called The Man Who Sold the World, and we'll be right back with Scream 4 to wrap up our Scream retrospective.
your favorite scary movie what's your favorite scary movie one generation's tragedy is the next one's joke what is your favorite scary movie man i'll show you this week marks the anniversary of the infamous woodsboro murders local celebrity victim sydney prescott chose to return to her hometown welcome home sydney watch the preview of coming events what do you want? Who is this? He's trying to do ghost face. I'm standing in the closet. Liar. Dewey! What's going on? It is not public information. It's all over the internet. It is? There's a killer out there patterning his murders after the original movie. It's time for someone new to die. The unexpected is the new cliche. And virgins can die now. Does that mean that I'm not going to live as long as these two? Clearly. To be the new version, the killer should be filming the murders. Dale! Dale behind you! Go ahead if you have the guts. Not to implicate him. You can't kill Sydney. She's victim royalty. Not true. Sid's expendable. Point taken. Guaranteed third act main cast bloodbath. 
Fingers crossed on some nudity for a change. Time for your last question. Name the remake of the groundbreaking... Halloween, Texas Chainsaw, Dawn of the Dead, The Hills Have Heights, Amityville Horror, Black Christmas, House of Wax, Pop Night, Black Bloody Valentine. It's one of those, right? None of the ever. I'll be right back. I know this one. You're not supposed to say that, are you? <laughs> You should have seen the look on your face. Scream 4. This is the final entry in the Scream horror series and our retrospective. 2011, this movie came out. I went to see it on opening night. And the the synopsis. Sidney Prescott, now the author of a self-help book, returns home to Woodsboro on the last stop of her book tour. There she reconnects with Sheriff Dewey and Gail, who are now married, as well as her cousin Jill and her Aunt Kate. Unfortunately, Sydney's appearance also brings about the return of Ghostface, putting Sydney, Gail, and Dewey, along with Jill, her friends, and the whole town of Woodsboro in danger. So, uh, <coughs> so that's that. Now, uh, obviously the, the first thing to talk about, you know, we always said scream always goes for the big intros. It's never, never subtle. Um, except for part three, that was pretty lame, but, so. Yeah, part three was fucking horrid. It did it was so stupid, dude. So what do you guys think of the multiple, multiple, multiple intro with stab movies, you don't know if you're watching a real stab or if you're at Scream yet and all that type of stuff. What do you think about that? Well, I, I, like you, I saw this opening night uh, at the cinema and I, I thought it was a really cool way to start a film. Uh, less cool once you've seen it. You know, if yeah. you go back and watch it again, it doesn't have the same impact. But I remember mm. sitting in the cinema and getting like the, the first, the first kill and you're like, oh, you, and you, you're expecting it because that's how Scream films start. Um, mm. And you, so you get that, and you're like, oh, that's... And then you find that they've twisted it, so it's someone watching something, you're like, yeah, all right, right, I'm with that. And then they did it again, and I was like, no fucking way, twice. So when that third one happens, you're, right. you you are sitting there going... Well, what next? Yeah, yeah, are they going to do it a third time? Because maybe three times would be a bit too much. And I think right. I think it really works. And I love the fact that in each incarnation, it's, it's like a different... They poke fun at horror and a different aspect each time. So, like, the original one, it's two kind of incredibly highbrow sort of women sitting chatting about horror, which you've not had in any of the previous films. Yeah, they, about. they, right. they diss Saw 4. That's right. They talk about torture porn, and, um, yep. you know, they're, they're, they're kind of poking fun at... Um, I think the second lot of them poke fun... They make fun of meta, you know, as a term within films, and then they start yep. poking fun at Japanese yep. horror films. And all these things have taken place in the time between Scream 3 being made and Scream 4 being made. So, you know, the, the, the really kind of... I, I really like that. Um, but like I say, when you go back to watch it, so I've not watched this film since the cinema, and you said it's 2011, so three years since I watched it. And I sat and watched it just before we recorded, uh, but I could remember that. It was one of the only things I could... I couldn't even really, really remember who the killers were in this film before sitting down <laughs> to watch it, but I could remember there was like three... You know, three distinct begins to this one, two false starts, um, and it kind of lost its impact. But if you were watching it for the first time, I think it's a lot of fun. Can you believe I forgot the killers? Like I've, I think I've seen this three times, <laughs> and for yeah. some reason, I didn't know if the killer was the it's insanely ugly guy with the long hair or his friend. I just couldn't. 
Yeah. I couldn't decide. I just couldn't remember. But, um, yeah, well, this intro has, like, they just threw out a bunch of hot-ass chicks, man. And you know what? I'll tell you this. <laughs> this whole movie, Doug, this whole fucking movie, there's, like, 50 of them. Right. And you know what? I have no problem with that. <laughs> when it comes to movies and horror movies especially, I don't give a fuck. I am the most shallow piece of shit in the world. <laughs> and then they start talking horror, dude. Oh, right. man. Oh, then it really turns <laughs> me. And then when they got blood all over their face, oh, oh. and they start killing people. <laughs> dude, it is so hot, man. Give over. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, it's game over. It's like this is what I wanted in out of horror my whole life. Mm-hmm. Amy T. Garden is uh, Janae. Uh, who cares? Okay, so no, got- I do. That's fine, dude. Yeah, Amy T. That matters. Okay, and awesome. Hell yeah, dude. She was a she was huge at at that point. You got Britt Robinson as Marine Cooper, and I guess those are the last two girls to. Uh, this is the real now intro. Um, the the he goes, you're the blonde with the big tits, and she's like, I have a 4.0 GPA, asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yep. The Amy T. Garden's on. Oh Friday yeah, she night. also says in, a, in an IQ of like 145, and I'm like, I'm, was, yeah. oh yeah, see, uh-uh, I'm 168. Who is? Oh Me. shit! For, oh bullshit! No, what the I've, fuck are you doing I on this show? <laughs> <laughs> because wow. I've crossed the line from genius into insanity. That's why. <laughs> so, Nev Campbell comes back for the fourth time. Allison Brie is, um, I don't know. She's, who, uh, who's fucking, she in this? Uh, her publicist. Nev- Jesus Christ, you know every actor in the world, Dan? I love this movie. <laughs> How the fuck do you, know, you memorize all on, these names? Dude, she's on Community. She's on fucking, uh, she's on a couple things, dude. Yeah. David Arquette comes back. Courtney Cock comes back. <laughs> Hayden Panettiere. <laughs> smoking hot. <laughs> but she cut her hair. I know. That really, that really yeah. It bums me out because <sighs> she's so pretty. And yeah. I, just, I just do not like her hair in this movie. Yep, and the the lovely Emma Roberts, Julia Roberts' daughter, niece, <laughs> Eric, Eric Roberts' daughter. Oh, the ugly, ugly, ugly guys, Rory Culkin. There's a Culkin in this. Tristan will love that one. So <laughs> ugly, man. Like, do I want to cut his hair? Oh, so bad. And Jamie stick it Hayden. on Hayden. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at him as a kid. He was cool as a kid. What the fuck happened to his face? Holy shit. Did he play Fuller? He looked like, he looked like somebody smashed his face into like a, a sewer manhole cover or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what it looks like. His face. That doesn't sound fucking nice at all. <laughs> I do not want to do that. Dewey is now the sheriff. Like I think there were like forty-two other guys that were in line ahead of him. But okay, we'll, <laughs> we'll just say that Sher- that Dewey would have been the sheriff. No, because he fight, dude. He was involved with all those fucking murders, dude. He probably got promoted easily, right? Dude, they thought of him as a fucking retard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, he, and he don't have his limp no more. He don't have. Mom his says, pants. "Oh, oh yeah, his uniform. You got to treat me with respect." Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, Deputy Dewey boy. So luckily in this movie, we don't have to suffer through the insufferable uh, Dewey and Gale staring at each other and being estranged. Thank God they wake up. They're in bed together. Ugh, it's already a better movie. He's got the fucking dun 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 dun, dun as his ringtone. That was gangster, dude. I love that shit. Yep. Yo, can we go back to the beginning real quick, though, before we get too far ahead? I just want to say that about the beginning there. Um, I remember that there was a lot of fucking shocks in that in that beginning. First off, it's the first time we've ever seen two ghost face, right? 
I mean, now granted, that was you know a movie within a movie within a movie, but I thought that was like the big shocker, like boom, and then there was another ghost face fucking got the other girl, and and that was shocking to me. And then you know you throw in the fucking stab thing or whatever, but um, but w- with the chick at the end there from Friday Night Lights, the blonde with the big tits, um, did you guys notice that they they did not uh, the set design of the fucking um of the garage? Looks like it was just built. Like it's all like fresh pine wood. Did did you guys notice this? Like, I, like they're they're sitting there, and obviously their parents aren't home. But maybe they should get back there and fucking you know hire some fucking contractors to get in there and finish <laughs> that fucking garage, dude. I, I all I was, I was like, is that a fu- that looks like a fucking set? Just think, they built that garage for that scene, but they couldn't just build those two doors opening into each other. They had to find a house that did that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, and I want to say something too about the the phone calls and stuff like that in the beginning. Now, even starting uh, e- each one, um, the first and the third um, uh, stab movie, or no, the first stab movie, and then or not the first. What was stab it? Six and seven, or seven and eight? Uh, six and seven, I believe. Yeah, it was. St- yeah, the first, um, the first out of the three, and then the last is what I'm talking about. And um, I, I just love the dynamic with Ghostface, dude. You know, with, with the chick at the end, he quickly fucking got to it. The banter was good. It's like I'm not an app and shit like that. And it didn't go on too long. And he was like, "Bitch, you better start running now." And then boom, we're off and running. It didn't go on too long, like Drew Barrymore. I don't think that went on too long. But they didn't try to duplicate the no, whole. If, if they duplicated that, it would have been too long but drew's was good how it was but if you repeated that then it would be bad yeah i don't know what it is about the the when the movie first starts when dimension comes up they play this fucking music dude and i don't know what it is i just i fucking get the chills dude it's some weird i don't know no i do too i I noticed that i noticed that too and then when you hear the phone ringing in the background Mm -hmm. when dimension is still on the screen i'm always just like yes dude right (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's such a kick-ass start to this movie, and then boom, they go right to the phone, which is which is the same fucking shot in the first screen, which is great, dude. I think it's amazing. And then you get to the fucking opening credits. Oh my god! Well, uh, when it says fucking Scream Four, holy fuck, is that is that a bad fucking musical choice or what? <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're right, but I don't remember yeah. what it was. Do 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 do. Welcome to Screen 4! Oh, yeah! That was bad. Dude, we laughed out loud in the theater. I was like, is this, the, is this another joke? Like Duncan just said. I thought we were being played on again. This must be Stab's music. That music is horrid. Sorry, I had to. But yeah, and then and then from there, it's, you know, the movie's fine as far as musical shit goes, but I just thought that was so fucking out of place I am disappointed, though, because I looked it up. I was going to get it, and there is – hang on. Excuse me. Um, there, the Scream app does not exist. I'm so sad. I went I, – I was like, I'm getting it. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, but I checked it tonight, there, and it's still there. <laughs> no, but there is there is a soundboard for Scream that – you know, but know. that's not fun because I want a voice changer. So, But what I did do is I got – the jigsaw voice changer so i've been playing with that i'm like fine scream if you're not gonna let me be Ghostface, i'll be fucking jigsaw <laughs> it's like yeah it's like what's your favorite scary movie <laughs> jigs- and well jigsaw like, you actually can, you can record what with the jigsaw when you can record whatever you want and it sounds like jigsaw and that is very cool so mm. anybody and then you can send it you can't however use it on your phone during conversation but you can record messages and send them to people yeah right 
So I've been having fun with that. But I really wanted that Scream app. I'm like, I'm doing it. And, and, I, and I wasn't doing it because <laughs> they didn't nope. have it. Uh, the the weird thing that you related those two things, Jamie, is because in the first Scream, he's like, I want to play a game. And and Jigsaw is always like, let's play a game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's weird. So uh, you got – Wait, guys, right now. Sorry. <laughs> you got this annoying blonde bitch who has lemon squares and shit and you got – She is so annoying. Judy, Deputy Judy is on my nerves. Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Can we just say, though, uh, Duncan, we just reviewed a movie with her in it, dude. Marley Shelton is the fucking yeah. shit. Dude. Yeah, she I like it. great actress. I think she's a great actress. It's funny because obviously what they do is they, they take the fact that, you know, you now have Deputy Dewey is now the sheriff, so we now have Deputy Judy, which sounds like Dewey, and yeah. she's basically, and she's just the female equivalent. She's, everything's by the book and very, right. you know, got to do she things this way. She even does the can't. faces. She yeah, does the, exactly the, the same faces that he does. Gail even says, she's like, all you need is a mustache. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yep, yep. Wow, you're good, Duncan. And her lemon squares apparently <laughs> taste like ass. Yeah, <laughs> they really don't. They really no, they really don't. do. <laughs> <laughs> and she would know. That's why Dewey was always smiling. Remember we were in drama club together? We were oh, in club, That like, was the weirdest scene ever, man. So weird, dude. Yeah. You were Tiger Lily and I was and Tiger oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then you got and then you got Anthony Anderson done. Everything okay upstairs? <laughs> I fucking love it. And that's what I wanna wanna say too about the two cops, dude. I ain't gonna lie, dude. I watched the fucking first season of OST, dude. Adam Brody's the man, fucking and uh, Anthony Anderson, obviously. I think he's fucking hilarious, dude. Some people don't like him. I think he's fucking hilarious. Who are they? The two cops. You know the fucking cops' names? God damn. <laughs> well, yeah, Anthony Anderson is in a lot of shit. I mean, he's, he's in, um, he's in very... Scary Movie 3 and 4. <laughs> I would never think to know that cop's name. <laughs> he, he, he was it. He, he, he played in that fucking rapping uh, movie about, with Jamie Kennedy when he was trying to be black. Remember that? Yeah, I've seen that guy and stuff. I just don't know who he is, though. You know, uh, Maybe he's related to Ed Harris. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Callback. <laughs> nice, Duncan. I love that. <laughs> I love that Duncan nailed the callback. I love that shit. That was good. I, I didn't even get it. Yeah. <laughs> when you hear the craziest part of the callback, that was on our one-year anniversary show. That's oh, right. <laughs> That's weird. And we haven't mentioned that in a while either. Jesus. We hit not in a year, I guess. So. <laughs> Man. Oh, you had. It, Alex had about five people shouting at him. Ed Harris, he was in this film. You're like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> the Rock. No, I, no, I thought he was the pitcher in Major League before Charlie Sheen got the job. <laughs> you know, this movie actually stays away from pretty uh, horrible things. Like, there's not too many what the f moments, but the one that always like irks me a little bit is uh, the sort of in the beginning when the kid's walking around with the, the camera on his head and he walks up to this asshole Trevor in the hallway yep. and he, he gets dissed because Jill says, you know, I don't want to go back out with you because you, you left me for another chick and you banged her and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he goes, all right, man, what's your favorite scary movie? And he goes, I'll show you. Rah! Rah! I'm like that. I just want to punch. I want to level everybody in that hallway. And then you they know got what bothers me about that is no fucking school is going to let you walk around with a camera attached not. to your head. Of course not. Right. This is Hall Pass with Robbie Mercer. Fuck out of here. Who calls your show Hall Pass, by the way? You're a dork. <laughs> you fucking geek. 
Hall pass. And, and dude, if you watch every fucking teenager, almost, it's like 90% of them, they're all on their cell phones. And a lot of them are like pointing to fucking Robbie Mercer and they're like, hey, we're watching his show. We're watching it through this camera. Yeah, right. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, you're there. Why would All you watch? All he needed it? was David Silver <laughs> yeah. in the DJ booth, and he'd be cool. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, doing a dedication to Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, yeah, exactly. Oh, I hated that. I'll, I'll get into that fucking aspect. We'll, we'll all get into that bullshit fucking storyline that went nowhere. But um, backing up too, dude. Dewey has some of the cheesiest lines that he's ever fucking said <laughs> in stream movies. Now, one is when fucking we first meet Kirby, dude, and which is I think is a great great fucking scene where she's just mm. gripping down the street he goes 25 stay alive i go what the fuck that was like that dark night fucking line that that was so out of place he was like see you nice uh have a nice trip see you next fall i was like did he really just fucking say that <laughs> who said that <laughs> oh my god well there's some good lines like when he said uh when he said to gail um i know you would never be with dewey in real life or i thought you wouldn't oh yeah glares like that's so funny because she is well, and dude, they were like on the outs, and they 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 were always fucking. I guess they're still friends or whatever, but they were on the outs in this movie. And I'll say this, dude, in this movie, their chemistry was fucking zero. Like their story, I guess like, a lot of it was the story itself, but they had no chemistry. Him, kill. well, right away, you pretty much. I mean, it doesn't take too long to get to the first kill. Uh, you know, um, the three girls are in the bedroom, and you know, he says, "I'm in the closet." Blah blah. You know, it was just one, like a couple of things that, I and mean, it's it's always been like my big kind of problem with the the scream films in general is the fact that the killer can phone, you know, use a mobile phone, speak yep. clearly in an audible voice, but is talking in a cupboard right beside someone, and that person yep. doesn't hear it. You know what I mean? So the fact he's saying that, and the cupboard's not even three paces away from where they're standing, and he's, you know, like, I'm in the cupboard, and all this stuff, and he's clearly not in that cupboard, right? And the fact right. that the, the camera as well focuses so much on the fact that they've still got the other other girl on the line. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily a shock to me. What was a shock to me was um, how bloody her death was. Mm. Oh, I mean, that's the whole series. The of it. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they really took the camera, but has never been shy in scream films, but they've yeah. never felt the need to really throw like a ridiculous amount of gore. But right. she gets fucked up, and so oh, much so that, yeah. you know, she's left lying on her bed with her insides out, and the camera shows you that, which you right. don't see in any other scream film. Which I think, and, and that point of view, when you're watching that, I think you get this feeling. I mean, the, the whole tagline of this is, you know, that basically, was it new, new decade, new rules, or something right. like that? Um, so, and when you see that, and it, as early in the film as it is, and you see that level of kind of graphic violence, you're like, right, this is this is a different sort of screen film. You know, we're going to get something completely different here. Um, so, uh, maybe not necessarily a shock, but the killing itself, pretty shocking. So, well, and can, can I say something about that, Duncan? I watched yeah. that scene again, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Now, with these movies, um, I'm not saying that they weren't um, like we talked about this in Scream Two. How the fuck long was this motherfucker in the closet for? Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> Now, with, with that said, okay, you, you got this one. Olivia just got home, okay? She just – she's talking to them and she's like, the angel of death still there? No, I'm good over here. So she goes up and she's changing. We get a little fucking titty flash. Well, not really, but we see a fucking bra and a sexy little fucking thing. And here's the thing about that. 
I think Wes Craven and the writers are so conscious of the fact that everybody's looking back on these movies, trying to place who, you know, like, okay, if it was this killer, fucking, it couldn't. So basically, there was no way that um, there was two killers involved in that kill. That was all Kieran Culkin on the phone and in the closet because yep. Jill yep. is is clearly um, with, with Kirby in the other room. Now, if you listen to that call, he is whispering the whole time. Like, if yeah. you, he's whispering like this. He's, like, talking very soft. So, uh, now, whether it's believable or not, no. I still think fucking, you know, uh, yeah, yo, I can hear you, dude. I can fucking hear you. But at the same time, at least they tried. He didn't get, Hell like, yeah. it's not an app. Like, he didn't do anything like that. And I, and I did watch back. And I think they are conscious of that fact now. And, and they're not, and they're trying not to duplicate the whole fucking, hey, Ghostface was in a fucking closet for 10 hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think in terms of that show, the, the way they try and set it up as if he's in one cupboard and he's in another, I just saw that like a mile off. I just thought it was like right. really, I thought it was telegraphed, but I have no problem right. with that at all. Right. And then, like I say, he fucks her up something, right? Smashing right. her through her, her mirror, stabs her God knows how many times, and then basically fucking eviscerates her, uh, which is, mm. I mean, pretty brutal for Scream. I, I'm down with that. I, even watching it back, I could not remember it being as gory because the it, thing it hasn't yeah yeah you just don't expect it to go that far right especially when i was watching through because I, I ran through the franchise like this week and prep yep. for this and um That's... there's nothing close to that kill scene nope. in any of the previous ones at all except for uh drew barrymore's fucking dummy hanging down there with all the guts hanging yeah. out yeah in the yeah. unrated or, or whatever jamie was that kill too gory for you Oh, hell no. You can't get too gory from me. <laughs> too gory from me. <laughs> but, um, no, I, uh, I agree that I think it was easily telegraphed the entire mm-hmm. time. I mean, um, that I, it never really surprised me that he was in the other closet. However, I think it was worth it. You know, even if you saw right, it coming, right, right. it was still good. I love how vicious it was. I mean, her, you know, he slings her out the window, then slings her back, then he's just yep. – Blood is everywhere. It looks like the cabin in Friday Six. <laughs> yeah, you know, nice. I mean, it is just yeah. covered in blood. So when when Sydney walks into that room and there's blood everywhere, I'm like, I love this because that is, I mean, like Duncan said, that is something that you never really got before. I mean, you never got just blood wall to wall, and now we're playing in Friday territory. Right. And that made me really happy. So right off the bat with that, even if I did see it coming um, as far as like the closet thing goes, I still think it was really well done. I still like I still think it was really well written. Right. And I think if you I mean, maybe you hit it, Duncan, when you said if you're seasoned, if you're not seasoned, you probably won't see that coming. Yeah. Right. Well, and we know where he's not because we see Kirby open the fucking closet in the goddamn trailer. So we know he's not in that closet. First off, yeah. if you watch the fucking trailer. But here's the <laughs> thing about this conversation that he has with Sydney, which provided one of the biggest fucking jump scares that I've ever had. Dude, I fucking flipped out during this because it sets it up. Now, you want to talk about that being predictable, right? He tells Sydney, I'm going to fucking kill you when I want to kill you, bitch. I'm going to make, I'm going to kill all your fucking friends first. And yeah, then, but then he goes to kill her in like two minutes. Exa- but that's what makes it work. That's what I'm saying. That's why I thought Ghostface is gone, bro. Like I thought, because he's like, I'm coming back for you. And then he's fucking still there, dude. And he just pops out. Dude, I fucking, I flipped, dude. I thought that was one of the best setups ever because he's basically saying, I'm going to fucking kill all, all your family and friends before I come after you. And then he's fucking 
right there. So I guess he was lying, or technically he went after Jill and Cutter. But and, and you know, but th- I just thought that was brilliant. I didn't think Ghostface was still in that house. Did you guys? I mean, I I, I fucking flipped out. I was like, oh shit, he's still in there. But that's what I like about. Sing I think that's some of the best writing, actually. Even even the dialogue with Ghostface and anybody, actually, this was the best. I think out of all the screams, uh, except for the opening scene of one, I think it was even stronger than a lot of the stuff. In Scream One, like I, I, I think do. Kevin Williamson got better at writing it or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, it was just really gripping, and I was really into it, and it just pumped me up even more. See, you know what I was thinking? Thing... Why are these two assholes standing here looking out the window when both of them have a cell phone in their hands yeah. and none of neither one of them is calling the police? Even though we have a cop car downstairs, right. they don't really know what's happening in the house across the street. So right. call the fucking cops. You're holding a cell phone. I, yeah. I didn't get. And then, and then you got to call back to Scream too when uh, Jill gets cut only on her arm, the same way as uh, what's his name, uh, the boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I think yeah, yeah. Um, Jerry O'Connell. The, yeah. I'm sorry, dude. Sydney should fucking be rolling with a couple guns, dude. At least. Yeah. I know how stupid. <laughs> Even after the first murder, you get guns or something. Yeah. Like yeah. the fact that she's running around in that house completely alone with her aunt and a friend or a cousin or whatever, like that is just insane. Like and oh, I guess you have two cops outside or something, but well, again, if you're seasoned seasoned horror veterans, know right away that those cops are going to be nothing but useless, and they're both going to get killed. I mean, right. yeah. never once would you think, oh, these guys are going to save the day. You know, you know yeah. they're there for fodder, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. they acknowledge that in the film, though. I think that's what's oh, yeah, funny. they do. They have, they have dialogue, and they basically know that, and they go through all the tropes. You know, I mean, if you're, you know, one day from retirement, you're going to die. Um, if you're, if yeah. your wife's having a baby, you're going to die. So, I mean, they go yeah. through all that, and they, they, I, I mean, they, they go through all those. Fuck Bruce Willis. Yeah, I, I think I think the thing is as well. You're saying like about guns. I'm totally with you on that. See, to me, when when Sydney come out of a. <laughs> she comes out of Jill's room and that cops in the shadows and she starts talking freaky. You know, she, <laughs> and in real life, that she would have had a taser gun or something like that. She would have tased <laughs> that cop. You know, <laughs> okay, you, right? you, you, you were fucking Tiger Lily or whatever. Tase the bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 you exactly. would not exactly. You'd be so fucking paranoid about anyone getting close to you at all, especially right. someone that knows fucking details from when right. you were at school. Remember, we shared all those classes. Taste. You know, it's like what are you a stalker? Exactly. You'd be jumpy about it. Yeah, she's admitting she's a stalker almost. Like, she's, <laughs> yeah. like I'm obsessed with you, Sid. Like, get the fuck out of here. Some lemon squares. Yeah, do you want a le- do you want an ass tasting lemon square? <laughs> you know, there's like a couple red herrings, like uh, the the one that was so obvious, and it's like you know he's not a killer because it's just so obvious. Is the boyfriend like, Trevor? Right. Oh yeah. And, and what's weird about Trevor is he looks exactly like the fucking guy running around with the camera on his head. Like, why would you cast two guys that sort of look the same? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, it's just so weird. We've been coming across movies like crazy like that, like uh, fucking saw. saw. Yeah, like Strom and Hoffman look exactly the same. Then there was another movie that we just talked about. I know, it's like there are redheaded people in this world. Put some of them on screen, damn it. (laughs) You know, there are Asian people in this world. Give me some. It's like, give me a reason to be able to tell these people apart. Yeah, really? Not more than one Asian, because then I won't be able to tell them apart. 
Do you guys think Trevor now? I, now this isn't implied. I'm just wondering now when they when they get calls from Marty McCurney in the car, the chicks, right? And they're like, "Why is fucking Marty McCurney calling me?" Or whatever his name, whatever her name is. They clearly don't like those girls, right? Or they're not like close friends with them. You know what I mean? And that's when Ghostface uses their phone or whatever. Um, what's her name? The blonde with the big tits, uh, with the fucking high GPA or whatever the fuck. Um, she says, "Is this Trevor?" So clearly she knows Trevor, too. Like, did you guys catch that? Because um, she says it in the beginning. She goes, is this yeah. Trevor? You know what I mean? So I wonder if fucking maybe he banged her. You never know because fucking he cheated, oh, yeah. cheated on Jill, right? And they yeah, were obviously all, Yeah, I don't know. I just – they they never um, implied that, but I always thought, well, they're all at least like acquaintances. You know what I mean? Like they're not like – Maybe that's the chick but, she was talking about because – That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, I, yeah. that's what I assume is that that's oh, probably it? the one that that's the one that she was referring to that that he banged. Well, fuck, Jamie. I just picked up on it. This movie's <laughs> been out for years. You just looking <laughs> oh, it's implied, huh? Did you hear what I said <laughs> earlier about my IQ? <laughs> I know I forgot. <laughs> well, now we have to have the discussion. Okay, only for me, Duncan, and and Dan. Would you <laughs> cheat on Jill with the blonde with the big tits and the GPN? Yes. Yeah. Wait, what? No, I wouldn't cheat. I don't like cheaters. But I don't think Jill. Yeah, is hot. I would. I would uh, yeah, I, I didn't think Jill was uh, especially. Especially, she had this freaky thing where at, at the very end of the film, where like in certain scenes, I know she's all busted up and all the rest, but she has one eye which is clearly. Oh, yeah. She has one eye that's clearly bigger than the other, though. It's yeah. like freakily oh, bigger. It. <laughs> she, she always has this look on her face too like she just walks she has like resting bitchy face and yeah. i and just i just don't get it like even on the page when guys were were would talk about how hot she was in this movie mm-hmm. i don't understand it i don't get it i don't wrong. i don't think she's overly hot i just i i like that look like i i think she's very pretty yeah i i would i would still cheat on her but i would be more discreet about it so i can go back to her right so uh, that's the only place he messed up. Uh, well, real quick, you know, even speaking, because I was, I was throwing this out there on uh, all over Facebook and places. Uh, are you on Team Jill or Team Sydney? And it, it was like a joke about, you know, like Twilight, Team Jacob or the other guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was just my kind of joke to that. So I think you know, we talked earlier about how Nev Campbell is just not a scream queen. And it's funny because they actually reference that. They say that, forget Jamie Lee Curtis, forget Linda Blair, you're the king or you're the queen of this. So um, that is so weird because no one else on the planet thinks that. I think one thing, the reason that she's not a scream queen, is it just me? Do you guys not connect with this girl? Like, is her character so... Never. She's so dry and so stiff and she just has a stick up her ass really and i know she's going through something but that was over a year ago she really needs to get over it now yeah right i think it's nev campbell dude as the actress to be honest is that the problem i think so because i all right this is how crazy i was back in the day you know you're a fucking little kid or whatever however old i was when the first scream came out my walls were fucking covered in fucking like nev campbell shit because you know because i love scream so much but then i realized one day i'm like why the fuck did i love the movie i don't even like this chick that much like for <laughs> real like so i ripped them all down dude my walls went from being plastered with them dude i used to get magazines right and fucking if if it was a magazine where there were two pictures on both sides of the same page i'd photocopy one oh and then my put, God. and then put the photo well that has nothing to do with anything other than i'm a fucking dork but <laughs> 
it, 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 that's how obsessed I was with Scream back then. And one day I just ripped it all down. I was like, fuck this, dude. I don't care about Nev Campbell, dude. I, and I realized that at a young age. And ever since then, it's this, there's a lot of things about Scream that I love. And there's, she's not bad, but she, I think just as an actress, dude, it sounds like it's, it's always like she's on like a Xanax or something. She she's has, like she plays exactly the same character in everything right. she does. I mean, Sydney, like if you watch Party mm. of Five, mm-hmm. that was Sydney. If you watch anything else she's ever been in, she has the same mannerisms, the same facial expressions, the same emotions. She's always well, she's always doing face. that. She's always doing that like the squint. That that yes, and that yeah. to the forehead thing. I can't. She does it a lot in the first <laughs> one where she's like, and she like shakes her hand yep. and and I mean, but that's yep. Nev Campbell. That's like I feel like right. if you met her on the street, she would be exactly the same. You know, she I is. did actually connect she with her in the first one. I felt like she was just you know an right. everyday chick. You yeah. know, I I liked her. Um, by the time, you know how I feel by the time we got to the third one, I was just like, oh, shut the fuck up already. Stop whining. You know, but then I actually like her again in this one because I feel like when, when we first meet her, when she is going on her book signing, I feel like she is no longer, you know, wallowing in this whole thing that she seems to have just accepted it and come out the other end a, you know, a more mature person. I also feel like she matured a little bit as an actress and, I mean, she's still the same, right. but um, she's better at being the same. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I think she is, and I think what happened in this one is that she went back to what was appealing about her in the first one when she was just like an everyday chick. I happen to like. I mean, maybe that's because I'm a girl, though. Maybe, uh, maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, it must be it. <laughs> how about even the character? How cunty she gets. She has a publicist who she hired, and she gets her like what sounds like a fucking amazing deal. Like three books, name your price, movie, fucking like whatever. Okay, you're fired. Get out of my face. And it's like, huh, what the fuck? Like, why are you writing any books? You know, oh well, because I truly wanted to get over this, and the book was away. But I'm not gonna make money on. Like, honey, you're making money. Remember what you think you're doing. You're doing exactly what the girl wanted to expand. Right upon like yeah. no reason to fire her but uh it led to uh, okay so what do you guys think okay we talked about the first kill we got the next one the girls in the parking garage um mm-hmm. i forgot you know it's weird as i was watching it i don't know if i got a text or what i don't remember why she was in the car but couldn't just start it and leave because he had the keys how did he get her keys i don't know i think did he dangle it no, I, th- I think it. No, did he not? No? Did, did he not damage the engine? I think he. Oh, that's right. No, he had an engine part in his fucking hand or something. A, a wire. Yeah, because oh, okay. she started her. She she clicked the button on her car. That's how she found it. Yeah, you're right. Good call, bro. Good call. Yeah. And go, going back to Jamie's point of view about the two girls in the room, she has a mobile phone in her. She's locked in a car which is safe. She doesn't <laughs> use a mobile phone to phone the police. Right. Instead, she gets out of the car which was the safe place and yep. then walks back up. Um, you know, right. an empty car park area only to be stabbed uh, and you're just like, how fucking stupid is this woman? How fucking <laughs> stupid are you? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> right? And it's funny because normally you got to make up the old cell, why can't I use my cell phone gag in a movie? And this one, they're just too stupid to use them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, there's no answer. There's no actual reason. They're just too stupid. And I agree with Jamie on something. She said this before. I don't know if she said it on a show or it was just us talking. I forget. But it was one of the best lines, dude, how he calls her again. And she just goes, no. <laughs> like she hits the phone. You, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Like she goes, no. She's like, fuck that. And I like that, dude. I, I love how she's just like, no, I'm not playing. Fuck you. I'm out. 
Like, I, th- I thought that was really good. It, it was a very fucking uh, subtle, subtle way of doing it, but no. <laughs> it's just it's just like we said, where would these movies be if nobody answered their phones? If like they were just right. spe- especially Sid, like she continues to answer the fucking she phone. She answers phones in places where she has no business answering the phone. <laughs> yeah, what are you, you know, doing picking like, up my phone? You're bitch. gonna be watching TV one night. I'm kicking back watching the following. There's gonna be somebody at my door. It's fucking Sydney. She's like, Look, I'm gonna answer your phone in like five minutes. It's gonna rain. Oh, yeah. You don't know that, that's, but let me answer it. Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy. That's but, why yeah. in the third film she answers phones for a living. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she just loves the she's phone. her true calling. <laughs> she's she's like I did so good at answering phones for the first two movies. God damn, I'm gonna get paid for this shit. Let, let me put let me put this way. See see if see if you'd been stalked by a killer who fucking uses phones to threaten you. <laughs> the last fucking job you would ever want in your entire Pick life is a job where you have to answer the fucking phone. You wouldn't have phones. You would. She's living in the middle of fucking nowhere in that third one, and she's still got a fucking phone. You would That's not have a phone. Did. If you um in the commentary, I even talk about how we need to we need to see her like going into motels and wheeling the phone out the door, like <laughs> yeah, truck. right. She'd be using a fucking carrier pigeon by now. Yeah, like she would never use a phone again. She'd be like, you know what? Write me a letter. Yeah, exactly. It's so <laughs> stupid. That's so funny though. But but man, did that lead to a great uh, throwing her off the roof onto the to the news van? And what's so funny about that? I love this. In screen movies, they do it really pr- pronouncedly or prevalently, or whatever the word is. Like, Dewey walks up to her and checks her pulse. Dude, what the <laughs> fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> Well, after what happened at the end of Scream Three, and with Roman in the in oh, the coffin, God. you got to be sure, dude. You can't just assume people are dead because even if you check their pulse, that means nothing. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> and I love how they didn't explain that. Like he slowed it down for some reason, or you know, by a drug or something. You know, yeah, nothing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nothing, nothing. Well, can I say something about the Allison Brie kill again? It was great when he stabbed her too. The look that she gives him. I don't know if we talked about this before, but it's really kind of creepy and fucking sad, too. Just how they're, like, face-to-face, dude, and she just kind of, like, looks at... Doesn't she kind of look like Laura Ortiz a little bit from Holliston? Um... A little bit? A white version, I guess, yeah. Yeah, you know? Okay. Um, Parking... Now, these are both Craven films. So, Parking... I'm sorry, this is for you, Duncan. Car Park... Yep. Killing in... (laughs) In Scream 4 (laughs) versus Car Park killing in... Fucking cursed. cursed. Oh, cursed, dude. <laughs> <laughs> fucking cursed. Why did you have to mention cursed? I am sorry. Cursed is such a mess. <laughs> no, it is a it is a mess. It's a total mess. But I do. That's the one yeah. scene I really like. It's is the one. The, it's the one scene in that film that works. Uh, and I, I quite like this one. I'll tell you why I quite like this one. Um, is because the, there's a sense of, especially from from the audience point of view, of this is the thing about what Scream does. As soon as Ghostface, you know, has basically targeted on someone that isn't our main character, that character's going to die, and it's basically right. a countdown until how that, you know, until that character dies. And I love the fact that you know she's running up the, she's running basically right up the the empty car park area, and um, she makes it a lot further than I thought she was going to make. I thought she'd be picked off before she gets to the door and she reaches for the door and the handle comes handle. off. Handle, yeah, did and he do it, that? Yeah, it's just like. I, I don't know, but when that handle comes off, you're just like, no, you, you, well, I thought you were fucked before, but you are now. And she turns around and he just <laughs> comes running straight at her with a knife. And I think that's, once again, I, yes. 
there's something about killers that, you know, when, when a killer is running towards you, especially if they're wearing a mask, that to me is, you know, that's what gets me, like, to jump a bit is because, you, you know, most slasher films, a killer doesn't have to run, he can walk, and he seems right. to be faster than everyone and all the rest. But in the case of this one, the fact that she gets there, she she tries to handle it, doesn't work, you know, that was her last hope. She turns around and you get you just get this merciless kill yep. sequence here, you know, stabbing it. And that to me, that is really effective. And I do like that sequence in Cursed, Jamie, but I might have to go with Screen 4, mm-hmm. I'm afraid. No, that's cool. I mean, I really like this one, too. I like how vicious it is. That's one thing I do enjoy. By the way, if you guys can't tell, my third viewing of this film completely changed my mind. I, I am... If you notice, I really haven't said anything bad about it, and that's yeah. You I, didn't I, like this back. In no, the day, I didn't. I hated this movie. That's weird. I hated I this movie. That, it was. It made me. Yeah, see. me and you used to fight about this. Um, but um, watching it, this is my third time watching it, and I I really enjoyed it this time. And yeah. part of what I enjoyed about it was the viciousness of these kills. I mean, there's something here. I mean, once again, Ghostface is a bumbling fool, falling downstairs and getting right. tripping over shit, and but I mean, it's the same as far as that goes. But there is a real just. Just like evilness, like a mean, it's right. just mean spirited, and right, I right. can get behind that. And so I think that when he stabs her at that point in the in the car park, um, I'm going to be calling it that forever now. But <laughs> when he when he stabs her so, vicious, so viciously, I you know I'm like yes, it was it was good. And when you were talking, Duncan, about how you know a killer running right at you, and and to me it kind of reminds me like if you've ever been in a car accident where you're sitting at a light. And a car is coming up fast behind you, and there's yep. nothing yeah. you can do about yep. it. You know the impact is coming, and there's nothing you can do but just watch it happen. That's Sweet. what that reminds me of. It's like she had to see him coming. She and at that point, she knew her life was over, and there's not a goddamn thing she could do to stop it. Mm-hmm. And that is you can always do something. <laughs> you could have poked his eye out. Not in this movie, you can't. Hmm. She could have stayed in the fucking car. Yeah, right. I would have just stayed there. Use the phone. <laughs> I would just stay in the car, wait till someone else was getting in their car, and just start screaming to them or running. Oh, you're trying to tell me Ghostface can't get through a fucking window? Come on. Yeah, I know. I guess he would have. I don't know. He he he, he did it earlier. Fucking yeah. already. So well, yeah. you know, I know what put this movie over for Jamie this time around. She she really. Uh, she it kept she glossed over it the first few times, but this time she noticed the Halloween two poster, the Rob Zombie Halloween two poster in that the classroom. I yeah. did notice that, but no. That did didn't. you notice on the back of Joe's door? <laughs> uh, on the back of Joe's door, she had an American Werewolf in London poster. Yeah, she did. There I was trying posters. to look at the posters. Yeah, because if, if you notice, what, what I think is funny is in the cinema club. They had like maybe two posters that weren't horror films. Everything else was a horror film, which yeah. hey, I got no problem with that. You know, I mean, you it's know, my... that would never be in a cinema club. But if yeah, like if you had a cinema yeah. club that was just an you know movies in general in high school, what you would have is like pretentious douchebag bullshit all over the place. <laughs> Beautiful mind. Right. The only thing that stuck in my head that was not a horror poster was the Green Mile, and that's still Stephen King. So Green it's Mile. like you know. Right. Um, so you've still got um, some horror elements, even though, honestly, I cried through that entire movie. I mean, we're talking three solid hours of me bawling. I had to take a nap <laughs> after I watched that movie. Oh, story. balls. Um, but, it's, but, you know, never in real life would you see a cinema club in a high school that had nothing but horror posters. That would be my dream high school right there. But um, anyway, the but yeah, they characters, do, too, are into it. There are a lot and of – Trevor, too? All of them. Craven puts a lot of his films in, in – if you notice, um, Kirby has a Suspiria DVD on her. Oh, yeah. shut up. You know how I feel about that. That has not changed. 
My opinion well, hasn't changed. Has not changed. Jamie doesn't like the pretentiousness or something. I of, don't like the fact that he's like, oh, you must be hardcore. You've got Suspiria and don't look now. It's like, oh, yeah, well, she's fine. And then she's like, sorry, that. She's like, I will trivia your ass under yeah, the table. Under the table. And then at yeah. the end, when Ghostface. You said that a few times, but that doesn't make sense because that's known as Argento's masterpiece. Like, yeah, right. so. Yeah. Every that's like saying Halloween for Carpenter. Is it yeah. Yeah. now the midget? No, the lady well, do you think midget? I would call? Do you think I would call her a hardcore horror fan if she had a copy of Halloween? No, I wouldn't. Well, that's not hardcore, but Suspiria is because it's not – what they're saying is it's not a commercial big four that's shit. That's true, but what they did was they picked the one – they picked – they were very careful about the film that they picked. They could have gone way more obscure than that. If they wanted to really touch on true horror fans, on people who know their yeah. shit, they would have gone with something other than that. Yeah, that I can w- see where Jamie's coming from. Uh, you would pick – uh, it, like, it is like saying, you know, if you're going to pick a director, especially a foreign director, if you're going to say that someone is a hardcore fan you would pick probably one of their most obscure films you wouldn't pick the one i mean dario argento arguably his biggest film out with things like tenebrae maybe to an extent but his biggest film is suspiria so one that every fucking horror fan that you know looks for films outside their own country everyone knows fucking suspiria that's everyone the one knows they're that film. walking the line between obscurity and mainstream right there. Yeah, if and they said, they're doing it very carefully, and it pisses me off because it's if they just, said Cat and Nine Tails or the, uh, Bird with a Crystal Plumage or something like yes. that as an Argento film, I'd be like, fucking, you know, whoa, you know that that's that's a serious name drop well, of a film that right. not a lot you of folk have seen. But I can see that. You guys are missing something here. You you guys are missing something. Now, don't forget, they're fucking flirting. Now, if I was a dude flirting with a chick, dude, and she's got any (laughs) horror movie, dude, you're goddamn right. Swing. (laughs) Swing is right, dude. Party on, Wayne. No, pisses me off anyway because she's like, oh, oh, I will – what would she say? I'll trivia your ass under the table. table. Then at the end when Ghostface calls her and he puts her to the test, she's like, no, no, I'm not the expert. He is. Well, what would you just say, bitch, while ago? You would trivia his ass under the table. She was bluffing. Put your yeah, money where your mouth is. I love, I, love, I love these. I love the trivia questions as well. So who played the original? Oh uh, my god! Leatherface, and I'm like, really? That's your that's your hard question. You're going to throw, Mister Movie, Movie Fan Club guy, who Thank you know you. runs the cinema. That's that's your question. You're going to pick. This uh, is how he's going to gauge this chick that he's trying to land right here, and he thinks she's such a hardcore horror fan. He's going to throw at her, fucking Gunner <laughs> Hansen. I mean, come on. I knew the answer to that when I was seven. Exactly. You should have asked her who played Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw 4 with, <laughs> well, what's her name? Uh, Lemonface. Leatherface meets Lemonface. Lemonface. She gets no cred from me for having a Suspiria DVD. None. All right, whatever. Okay, so how about okay? So they're in this film class, like we said, and uh, they're saying, you know, we're going over the same old shit. You know, in every scream, they gotta go through the rules in every fucking one. You got oh, the second yeah. one; the kills gotta be bigger. With the Dewey making the faces, and then you got the third one with this asshole giving a videotape of himself. Okay, Sid. So in the third movie, what usually happens is they go back to the first, and then you know, like on this one, it's like it's the same. It, it, it's almost annoying but not really they did it faster and better sort of um what do they say they uh, say about the the next uh evolution in in psycho killer whatever about we have a video videotaping the movie but i thought they did know. that in part two though didn't the mom videotape uh 
Randy. Randy, yeah. And the videotape them on the stage making out or whatever yeah but they did not plan like jill and this dude's plan well actually jill's plan was to upload it to the internet and you know i got great fucking shots of my robbie kill and shit like that so they're uploading it and then she's gonna be like the victim so it's gonna be like a whole other fucking thing about you know like not only was was her um you know her her recollection of all the events um not questioned but they got all this video now and she can fucking say yeah i went through this and that and but you know what i mean like there's so much that that they thought about um in, in terms of trying to get famous or jill thought about trying to get famous that it was it, it's kind of fucked up if you think about like she wants to be the victim and but be, that was be, great i love it great no I love idea it, yeah. so now they're having a. Uh, a stab party and they show stab one through seven. Now let, let's just get the logistics as they start this party at nighttime. <laughs> they can't, no, it doesn't work that they way. They start this party at nighttime, <laughs> Friday night, and you do seven movies. That I think that's about ten and eleven hours of of uh, wow. stab. <laughs> I don't think anyone can sit through that except for Jamie because she does that with Friday Thirteenth. But uh, <laughs> yes, I do. Eleven hours. I think everybody would leave by like the middle of the second movie. But okay. So um, somehow Gail looks like a dork, even in a scream mask. Like I don't know. <laughs> she looks like a loser in that mask. It's all the retro. Like it's obviously she's trying to play herself off as like a like a teenager. So she puts the mask yeah. on. All the hand signals she does are clearly teenager hand signals <laughs> from the eighties. Thumbs up. Thumbs up, you know, you guys rock, you know, these sort of things. It's all just completely out of character. And that's why she, I think she gets so many <laughs> second stares from them. They're just like, what the fuck is going on here? Even in the mask, they can tell she doesn't belong. <laughs> I hated fucking Gail in this movie, though. Like, I thought everything that her story entailed was just nothing. Like, it just did nothing for me. It did nothing for the story. It just, she was just there trying to, okay, uh, now I'm writing my... No, no, my- it was all about how Dewey was not including her in now that he's the top shit. Now, so like, what, we're not a team anymore? She's going to set up cameras at a fucking party, though, and then go in her car and then record, okay, here we go. It just seems so <laughs> contrived, dude. Like, oh, I never thought that I would be in the center of the wizard. Shut the fuck up, it's, dude. Get out say, of it. Go get some more plastic surgery. Get out of my movie. And same as... <laughs> <laughs> she really does have up there like a serious lip issue in that. Doesn't she? Do yeah, in her eyes. Yeah. Wrong turn eight. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think <laughs> and, and how about like why wouldn't you set the, the camera that's under the screen? up before everybody gets there and watches you do it oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god that was completely so set up <laughs> yeah like what the fuck or well th- fucking uh culkin probably saw her do that and he's like what is this bitch doing with the camera that's my gig that's what i do yeah yeah it's really weird but uh yeah she looks like a dork she still doesn't fit in even with a mask on Wish they fucking killed her off in this movie, dude. That's one thing, too, about the original three, Dewey, Gale, and Sydney, dude, about how everybody was, like, you know, speculating that, you know, one of them, two of them, if not all fucking three, were going to die. And I, I got to be honest with you, man, that whole Gale scene, um, how she got stabbed and stuff. Now, it was a good sequence of events. I liked it. But I don't know, man. She fucking rolled off into a bale of hay. Yeah. That dude was kneeling over her. But, he had every opportunity but, to, stra- to stab her straight in the heart, it, and instead he hit her in the fucking shoulder. There's exactly. no excuse. None. 
Well, wasn't he shot at when he stabbed her, though? So maybe he was just thrown off. No, I don't know. I well, don't... it was it was the chick too. You got to remember, it was uh, yeah, Joe. It was, it was Joe that was doing. So her so her fun. aim is bad because she's a girl. They trip over couches. They stab in the fucking shoulder. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Dewey's aim with his guns ridiculous for a sheriff. He can't fucking shoot or shit. Yeah, I thought I was watching a police academy movie. <laughs> Yeah, citizens on was patrol, Jill no less, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was Jill at that party? Or yeah, was because uh, Culkin was introducing the, the movie. Yeah, he, and... yeah, but then he dipped off, though. No, but it was almost instantly that. Oh, um, yeah. oh okay, okay. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that leads to it, because that's what I was going to say. They never had a conversation, nor did they really have time to converse that, or him let her know that she stabbed her in the shoulder, which actually gave Jill away in the end. Yeah, right, 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 exactly. Yeah, so Jill was the only one. It had to have been. You're right, yep. There's a plot hole there. If Jill's at the barn and she stabs Gail, Mm -hmm. how does she then get back to her house to get the message on her computer to say to go and pick up Kirby? You think the instant messenger could be linked to a phone? No, that doesn't happen in real life. But I I don't know. I don't know. That that wouldn't make any sense to me that she would run all the way. She would stab, run all the way back. She'd have time to go onto her computer, get a message from Kirby to say, "Come and pick me up." Then go back and pick her up and take her back to the house. I never thought of that until you mentioned that. That's yeah. There you go. (laughs) Well, no. Actually, do you think she she meant to do that to try and get Sydney there? Because that was her plan was to get her to Kirby's house, right? So do you think maybe like that that she just fucking put in that Kirby wrote that? Maybe maybe on her computer. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just I'm just drawing. He also could have told her that he stabbed her in the shoulder. Like you know, hey, did you get Gail? Well, yeah, kind of, but I just stabbed her in the shoulder. I mean, that could have happened. It could have. Yeah. It could have. Yeah, I guess. It, I guess the link here is: was it Colkin or Jill? So, if there's a plot hole, we might have to just say Colkin just to fill it. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we get to the two cops getting killed. Uh, you know, it was all right. It was what it was. But the the whole thing, I didn't like, and I remember not liking it in the theater. It just takes me out. Some one liners are just. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness! Fuck Bruce Willis. Willis. Fuck Bruce Willis. And look, like he's he has a, a knife three inches <laughs> into his skull and his brain. I don't think that you would even have the sense to hold your head if it was bleeding or get out of a car or crack a joke before you die. Yeah. I think you're pretty much done. Your brain just shuts off at that point, right? Yeah. Why so. is he even walking around? I mean, that's enough to take down a zombie. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wes Craven on the commentary automatically defends it, dude, and says that he's seen this in real life. So he knows that it's a stretch already, but he's fucking Wes Craven, dude. I mean, if it if that's the worst thing... And you look at, you know, Scream 4 compared to fucking, you know, that last debacle we had. Dude, no. This movie is epic compared to... I, right. You know, right. You, you guys aren't going to agree with me. Wait till you see how I rank these movies. You're going to be shocked. <laughs> I think the thing is as well, Craven, in general, I mean, I've, I recently did a, a kind of... Kind of, not a retrospective as such, but we'll look to all these films. If you look at Wes Craven's films, pretty much every single one of them is dogged with some level right. of goofy right. humour that doesn't quite work. Yeah. Um, yep. All of them, all of them have this one element in it, which just, even if you're going back to like even the uh, Last House on the Left with the cops yeah. who are just goofy, weird oh, characters oh, that don't make sense. You know what I mean? He's always had that, and I think it's because he's always had this desire that. He, I think he genuinely thinks he's a comedian. Yeah, he could write comedy. I think it's something he's always yeah. wanted to do. The, the only, the only comedy ever wrote was uh, Vampire in Brooklyn, and we all saw how that turned out. Um, <laughs> so, I, so I think I genuinely, I think he genuinely puts these things in because 
And you've got to remember, he's what he's fucking eighty when he made this film or something like that. So to him, <laughs> I think he's I think he's probably sitting there. Oh, the kids love the one liners. So let's put a one liner. Right. Oh yeah, right. And um, I, but I, I didn't. I, to be honest with you, I just don't. It's not funny. It's not relevant. I would <laughs> it would have made more sense if he'd said, you know, fuck Bruce Campbell. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Who the fuck is watching Bruce Willis movies anymore? No, they yeah, I mean, said earlier. They say fucking all, all the cops die in movies unless you're Bruce Willis. That's what they're right, right, to. But right, still, yeah. but who even knows who Bruce Willis is? Oh, uh, everybody in the world but you. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't know who that is. But what I'm saying is, like we talked earlier about Arnold. Like, these kids don't give a fuck about Arnold anymore. What kids going to see Scream 4 know Bruce Willis? Like, what 16-year-old girl knows who the fuck they're talking about? I don't know, man. I just think Bruce Willis is a household name even today. I mean, I don't know. I do. I can't figure out why he's a star yet. Oh, fuck Bruce Willis. <laughs> Literally, though. Seriously. Like, Bruce Willis is the biggest dickhead in the fucking world, dude. Man, like, I love Bruce Willis. Watch it. I'm just kidding. You no, fuck it, him, dude. He's a fucking prick, dude. I would ra- rather watch the poor man's Bruce Willis, John Statham, any day. I listen to fucking Kevin Smith talk about Jason? his experience. Oh, Jason Statham. I'm sorry. I don't know who that is either. Duncan, are you having fun? <laughs> oh, this, is, this is fucking awesome. He's like, how do people download this? <laughs> the one hilarious part, though, is when um, the Sydney's aunt gets stabbed through the mailbox. Yeah. And she says, I'm sorry to Sid. Like, you're sorry. Did she say, <laughs> tell, tell Jill I'm sorry? Wasn't... Yeah, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. No. What exactly right. did you do that she needs to be that you need to be sorry for? You know, I don't. Been fucking Who is she? Who is she anyway? I mean, she's this. She's her mother's. Her mother's sister. Yeah, the whore sister. Yeah, this is the that you know outcast the family and all the rest, and we've had. And the yeah. very first stream, we're celebrating the one year. Well, we're not celebrating. We're commemorating the <laughs> one year anniversary of her fucking sister dying. She's not in the film. Um, right. You know, no sign of her. She never gets mentioned. As this fuck, I hate these how they shoot. Yeah. And the, Scream Three has the worst one. You know, I'm your half brother. Fuck <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck oh, off, you guy. You know, he orchestrated everything in one too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah right. I, I'm a criminal mastermind. Oh, right. You know, he's not a fucking Bond villain, right? This is basically, and, and <laughs> I hate the fact that they they, sh- they feel the need to shoehorn in. But the, I tell you, the, the thing that shocks me the most is that you know she's actually in this film because she's the only parent in this film. None of the kids have any parents at all. The, no. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. They're all away with their boyfriend. They're fucking somewhere right. else. There's no parents in this film at all. It's Holy just shit, teenagers running amok. Yeah, they had to put some parent, and they said, "Well, let's do a callback parent. Let's make her this the, the sister." Like, who? What do we care? Like, well, we don't even care that you're her sister. Like, it's just a, a weird callback, you know? Like, twice she's got two scenes. She's got a very quick scene yeah. where she's resentful about she's the shopping. Yeah, yeah, and then the second scene yeah. shopping where she gets stabbed at the end of that scene. You're like two scenes in the film. Your your total screen time. Your total screen time is less than five minutes, and you're going to say, "Oh, tell Jill, I'm sorry." <laughs> no, you've not earned the right to say that. Die in silence. <laughs> you don't you get no a right. last line. You know, <laughs> you die in silence. Yeah, right. 
You're right, Jamie. She doesn't even deserve a last line. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought her whole character was weird, though. Like you said, well, I have scars, too. And she's just like, yeah, oh, sorry, Miss Roberts. Like, what the fuck, dude? She's a weirdo. Like, I don't even get it. Like, I, I don't understand that whole character. Well, she was jealous that, that she didn't get the attention. Like, you know, I have blah, 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 too. Like, so. I get it, but why? Exactly. Like, why put that in the movie? I just don't understand. Other than to move the story along when, when you know, and right after that, Hicks comes and fucking Sydney takes off and what and then you know she tells do we you know if i can she took it off goes, it goes yeah. some way to explaining why jill's grown up the way she has because her mother resents her sister and jill right. resents Sydney. Oh, so you can, can kind of kind of but the, huh. the point is though they don't develop it enough for you right. to get that one conversation where you're I saying she's that. saying i've got scars too is yeah. not to justify the fact that when you find out that jill's a killer at the end she's a complete fucking psycho you know what I mean? Right. It doesn't justify it enough, in my eyes anyway. It's just like they've kind of said, well, you know, Jill's obviously, she's been cheated on, she's this weird, I know we're jumping ahead, sorry, but um, she's been cheated on, she's a weird character, you know, and this is why she's done all the things she's done. Um, it seems like a bit of a stretch, but if her mother's been jealous of the family, then maybe we can stretch onto that, and I just think it's it's flimsy. Well, you know what? I know, I think it's great because I didn't even know that till you said that. I didn't even like realize <laughs> it. So now that you said it, I think it's even better. Yeah, actually, <laughs> me too, man. I never thought of that. You're right, dude. Now I like I, it more. So now it does work. Thank you. I want to do a callback <laughs> to to the scene of uh, Sydney and Jill in in Jill's bedroom when she's just like nothing. You remind me of me, and the 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 look that Jill gives her back. Now it could go either way, where she's just kind of you know giving a little smirk, but that's everything Jill wants, dude. Like that yeah. to her, she probably fucking had to go change her panties after that. Like it was fucking <laughs> that. That scene, I love watching, dude, because I was like, oh, shit, that fucking psycho just got what she wanted. Oh, snap, son. And you're right about the mother, dude. I never, ever thought of that. Good call. Awesome, dude. That was yeah. really good. Now, now we get – okay, this, so, so that stabathon is over. It's cut short because, um, you know, he's shooting in there, so they – you know, everyone's done. Get out of the way, you idiots or you morons, uh, it says. Yeah, you morons. You're all a bunch of just dumb mor- random fucking morons. Fucking morons. <laughs> So that now they're hanging out in Kirby's house, and I'm sorry, but Kirby and um, the other chick, I guess, was it just Jill? Yeah, it had to be. We know why with Jill, but Kirby got over Olivia's death really quickly. I mean, <laughs> like, these people are hanging out watching, like, Stab 4 and say, ah, oh, that's one of her favorite movies. Put it on. Like, shit, your best friend just got butchered, like, a day ago or maybe earlier. I don't even know when. And you're just like chilling on the couch, hooking up with this ugly freak, and watching Stabathon movies. Nobody interrupts his Stabathon. <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah. right, 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 right. And and what what stab did they put on now? Six was it, or five or six? I, I forget. Thought it was, I thought it was seven. Now that implies that they're at seven now, which is the last one, which means the party fucking started at eight in the morning. What? Um, you know, right? Wait, you know, they must have skipped two through six. No, you know what? It is seven because oh, right. because they show the thing that we saw in the beginning in the movie. Exactly. Yeah, maybe they just chose it because it was Olivia's favorite. And what's he thinking anyway? Kirby is a horror fan or no. She is way out of his league. Supermodel with a monster, man. Totally, dude. Yep. It is so bizarre. Like, I don't know if it makes me like Kirby more or be disgusted because I know I could get her. 
if this guy is okay about the, the Randy references, like, oh, she's the female Randy, or, you know, um, Culkin is a knockoff Randy. I don't even look at it yeah. that way. I see similarities, but at the same time, dude, these are fucking their own characters. I just, I don't well, buy it. In a, in a way, they are their own characters, are, but at the same time, this whole, this whole film is is making a statement about remakes and you know yeah, reboots right. and right. so the whole idea is that this is a reboot of the original whatever right. was happening so you do basically have matches for each character that we had yes. in the first one so well, who's robbie mercer then i get it so they bring over scenes as well though i think that's the thing that's why there's like you were talking about um it's like when you watch halloween right you watch rob zombies halloween and you get elements from you obviously get the rob zombie bits right. that he put in, but you get elements from halloween and halloween two meshed into one when you watch scream four you get specific things which right. were in scream and like certain elements of scream two alex already touched on the fact that, that jill gets cut in her arm which harks back to scream two you get um culkin's character being tied up to the chair in the chair yeah, you've got the boyfriend Trevor who comes in through the window. Um, right. The whole point, even down to that that line, you don't fuck with the original at the end. Right. Um, Craven kind of was well, his statement about yeah. horror remakes, which, right. to be honest, I think is quite funny because he's involved in quite a lot of his own remakes. But anyway, yeah. yeah, I think you you know you've that ship sailed, my friend. Um, <laughs> but you know, but yeah, but so that's why you're getting specific characters, which you and I've got written here um, that Culkin's character is Randy Mark version two point zero because he is. He has the same sort of dialogue rants. It's the same sort of idea, except what they've done is they, they, they invert the character. So where Randy's got really he's a social outcast, no friends, and all the rest. This Randy is you know in charge of a fucking uh, a groupy like people that are all interested in movies, and he's a cool guy. Right. And he's friends. It's the cool. The geeks in this film are the cool people. And he's hooking up with two of the hottest chicks in the fucking world. Exactly. So, so I mean, they change. They change the elements about. So it is like exactly like Jamie says. This film is basically. Uh, I mean, that's what they said. Craven's idea at the start here when he did Scream Four was to reboot the franchise for a further three films. He was going to do the trilogy again. Yeah, basically. I know. He's going to cover it all the way right through it. And I'm, I'm cool with that, right? And th- for point for point, the characters match up with characters that you've already seen in the first film or the second film. And the plot points right through it all follow similar ideas. And it harks once again right back to what you were saying at the start, where the girl is having the conversation, it's with Trevor on the phone, and, you know, the... In- the- the insinuation is that herself and Trevor have had a relationship. Drew Barrymore's character and uh, Lizard's character... Steve. Um, yeah, oh, Steve, I hinted at that they've had something together and that's why she was the first kill. It's the same plot Steve points all through. Steve was Steve, the sorry, yeah. boyfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. the same plot points all the way through the film. Oh, yeah. But they tweak them all the way through the film because it's a reboot, and in a reboot you get elements which are similar from the original but different ultimately. They even say, "Well, Randy, why are you even here? You'll never get the girl." And in this one, he gets two yeah. chicks. Yeah, so, exactly. So, you know, Randy gets, and he even said, "In this time, I get the girl." Even when he kisses Jill, he says that. No, he yes. didn't, though, dude. He didn't get the girl, Doug. She was playing him. But still, it was Randy, though, because he said, "Because this time he gets the girl," which he's referring to Randy. Yeah, yeah, but don't you think it's a, a, uh, both of those characters, both fucking Culkin and Kirby, are both kind of uh, the Randy characters? Just the yeah, I mean, it's or, a, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're yeah. sort of an amalgamation. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, That's a good word, Jamie. Good draw. <laughs> nice. yeah. I, still, I don't know what it means, but I, I don't know either. It sounded cool. Jamie dropped some English skill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
the guy with the camera on his head, he gets killed. And- I hate that kill, by the way, dude. Such a waste of the whole camera fucking trickery. Yeah. Like, Upside down. Backwards thing, yeah. It was that was yeah. a waste, I think. Yeah, because he looks into his phone and sees that hey, right in front of me is this thing, is and he puts his phone down and it's there. So uh, I don't know. So that, but but there is a legendary line. Like when he gets killed, he gets stabbed once, he gets stabbed again, he goes, "Wait, wait, the rules." He goes, "I'm gay," and then the scream guy just stops. Yeah, he he pauses and he goes, "If it helps," and he just says, "Nah." Doesn't he do a head tilt? Yeah. Yeah, he does that Scooby Doo or Sony Dog head tilt. He does. He does that too when Anthony Anderson is fucking fighting the, the the wind. He just does a little head tilt. It's like, what the fuck? I thought I just stabbed you in the head, fool. <laughs> yeah, and and the whole scene, the whole ending. Once he kills that guy, um, you know, then you get to the penitentiary part, and she does the she runs off all the remakes. I don't know how she even has that shit in her head, or <laughs> and and I don't even know how. If you answer a question with every fucking answer that that's the right answer, it's like saying that's like right. Uh, yeah, you get one guess that bitch was dead regardless. Yeah, yeah, it's like Alex. What is four plus five? Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, four. That's right. Oh shit, I'm right. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> God damn it. You know, like how do you answer a question like that? It's so bizarre. I've always tried to figure out what movie he was talking about, too. I'm like... Yeah, he never tells her. He never tells her, which is annoying as fuck. Oh, thank you. He doesn't even get to to finish the fucking question. I'm like, I might have been able to answer that question, asshole. Thank you for coming in with no real answer. She was wrong anyway, because she said Amityville, and there was no slasher and groundbreaking thing there. She said, as much as I love Amityville, there was nothing groundbreaking about that film. Right, 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 right. Yep. But it was a remake. She was just naming off every naming single all the remake, remakes. you know. Yeah. And I do have to give her a little bit of credit for being able to roll off the remakes as quickly as she did, including, you know, things like you know Prom Night, which was a which was something no one saw. Oh, and, I, I um, own it. Oh God, that God. movie is shit. What are you talking oh, about? Jamie, it's Prom Night Revisited. Oh, oh God, damn! God. It, there is a prom, and it takes place at night. That is the only thing that it has in common with the original film. <laughs> but. Here's a gigantic plot hole in a way, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but I did. Normally, I don't think about this stuff. See, somebody, somebody calls the cops. Oh, like Sid or 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 she Penitent. calls Dewey. She's like Dewey. I'm at Kirby's. He's right. Like, oh. Yeah. Right. It takes them about forty five minutes to get there. Like you go through the whole thing. She runs off to all the names. This guy's tied up in the back. She gets stabbed. Then you got you know, the chase. Then you got uh, this one. You that would ne- never happen in a rich white neighborhood. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it, would never, it would never take that long. Literally. Literally. The whole explanation. Them stabbing each other. The thing with Nev and Jill talking, and then Jill hurting herself. All that takes place while they're going there. I love how in scary movies she types in white girl in trouble and then the cops just fucking come barreling around the corner, dude. (laughs) Yeah, man. But how about this? So let's talk about this now. So fucking Charlie kills Kirby. Are you on fucking drugs, dude? Yeah, that's so retarded. (laughs) If you nailed a piece of ass that was that that far out of your league, are you then going to kill her? No. That doesn't make any sense at all. The only justification is that he thought he was going to tap Jill. And get famous. Yeah, but I don't know. She's she's much hotter than Jill anyway. So. I agree, but 
what what's better, okay? Fucking Emma Roberts and fame, or just Kirby? Like that's what I'm not posing. I I I can't I can't choose. I'd probably fucking choose Kirby anyways. But you know I what would I mean? Still, like, yeah, at that moment, I choose Kirby anyway. And there was so much going into that, and he even says he goes fucking why you got, I forget what the line is, but he's basically like fucking you gotta fucking do this now, bitch. Like he's like fuck. four years of school together, yeah, and you're no, yeah. and you're just now noticing me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, but he like, just saw that he has a kindred spirit in her. I mean. Fuck, she knew who right. Gunnar Hansen was. Right? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't care. She took 20 years to recognize me, man. She's fucking yep. here today. So, uh, so uh, yeah. So, Charlie and the cousin, those are the killers. I was genuinely – okay. First of all, um, and, and I, I know this from the commentary. I didn't necessarily pick up on this, but I, you really watch it, and it's good. When Sydney and Jill are trying to get away from the killer, and she tells Jill, get under the bed, and then she tricks the killer into thinking fucking Jill got away – if you watch Jill's fucking expression, it's basically the expression of, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and you wouldn't really pick up on it. It's not like roll her eyes or anything. She don't look fucking scared when the killer's walking by when she's under that bed. She just doesn't. Like, she's yeah. just chilling. Well, she's straight chilling. I That's have to good. say, I was not no. one bit surprised at who the killers were in this film. I was. Like, not I'm, in the least. Dude, I didn't – okay, uh, uh, Culkin, that – okay. I, Maybe I, Culkin, but not but Jill. Jill, dude, I was genuinely shocked. I was like, what, dude? It, I, it makes I didn't sense. Think it, 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 makes, it makes total sense. I don't – Now. I, no, I mean – My brain doesn't make sense. What? So, I said my brain doesn't make sense. Okay. So, <laughs> I wouldn't catch that. I but Jamie, not the first go around. It don't make sense. And once you – I guess it does. Talk about it and realize I the ant it. thing. Oh, get out of here. I called it, she says. I called that shit. I did. <laughs> to me, I mean, all right, think about it. You know – Claimed. The- <laughs> <laughs> if she's supposed to be the Nev Campbell, then why would she be the killer? So she's not – I never, I never thought that. She wants to be the Nev Campbell, but right. it's, it's – you know, I never thought we were the replacing killing. Nev Campbell here. I honestly don't think – I don't think that the three – like between Dewey and, and Gail, who by the way comes out of retirement more than Michael Jordan and <laughs> right? Nev Campbell, I think as long as there's a Scream series, those characters are going to be around. Yep. And you know they are like the – this this the meat and potatoes of it. I never looked at her as a replacement. What I did look at her as is an obvious choice to be a killer because mm-hmm. it's now they're bringing it home. Now it's right. you know they're bringing right. it back. That's the one you would not expect it to be because it's her family member. Well, and it I mean, continues that family storyline too. It's always been about family in these movies. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I just didn't think it was personally surprising, but I also didn't think Jill pulled it off very well. I mean, right. to me, what? she she never seems oh. she never seems believable. Get out of here. Well, as a victim in this, you know. Plus, I'm just. I think you're thinking too much. Well, that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's I got a know. fucking IQ of a million. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I forgot. Well, that's not the point. That's the whole point of watching movies is to is to. Yeah, but thinking like that—that's like taking the steam out of it or something. I don't know, Duncan. What do you think? Do you think it was surprising? Um, well, I, I kind of, when I watched it the first time, I guessed that it was going to be hard just by the point that they'd actually got to the house. You know where she goes, uh, Trevor says that he hasn't sent her a text message and she yeah. goes out to get her phone and then crazy shit starts to happen and I'm like she seems to be out of screen quite a lot when all these right. killings start happening so then I was and then I th- also thought you know if you're going to update this again 
and you're going to push it forward, then the obvious choice for me is to make what we've been pegging as our main character, like yeah. our replacement Sydney, all the way through it, is to do the ultimate you know, twist would be yeah. to turn her. So I did pick up on that. I, the thing the thing that I got, my, my big gripe, and we're, we're kind of touching on the ending now, which is yeah. kind of... My, my big gripe is not with this part of the ending, it's what comes after this. Right, um, the hospital... I, yeah, I I dig I dig the way this goes, and I don't think right. Well, I, she's not the most convincing actress, but we've just went through a period of time saying we didn't really connect with Nev Campbell's character either um, mm-hmm. earlier on. So I'm, I I wouldn't I'm not going to get hung up on that as much. But um, I quite liked the way they played it all off and the fact that she, and although it's not cool to shoot a man in the cock with a gun, right? Just putting that out there. Oh, um, ruthless! Not not and cool. Who's going to believe that a that all right, first of all, if you shoot a guy in the cock, it, that's not just – you're not trying to kill him. You're yeah. trying to hurt him, and you're trying yeah. to do it very purposefully. So I think it's fairly obvious that yeah. – I mean she basically just signed her name on his corpse by doing that. Yeah, you think so? Also, yeah. he, do they think no one's going to know? – don't they ever watch CSI? Do they think no one's ever going to notice the tape residue that's going to be around and it's, it's not you even know. that, Jamie. She, this is another thing, and it's it's because we start to it's because as horror fans we start to dissect things to right. a, a level we probably you know most people probably wouldn't. But she wipes the knife down, but doesn't put the knife in his hand. So there's no prints on that knife now, right? She just drops it beside him. He's not wearing a pair of gloves. The glove don't fit. I'm showing you, man. <laughs> Yeah, well, and she scratches her face with his fingernails when typically. Great idea. When t- yeah, 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 except except she would also have his skin under her nails if she had any kind of. If well, there nails, were any yeah. Kind of Maybe she grabbed his shirt. She should scratch like him, and because they always look under if like when they look at the dead bodies, they always look under the dead bodies' fingernails. They don't look Can under I the killer. I'm no, I'm just, that's just my thing. It's like, and plus she scarred her face. That was kind of dumb. Yeah, she, why would you do that? Didn't she want everybody to think that she shot him, though? Like she killed the killer? Yeah, See but if someone's so? coming after you to kill you, you're not going to take the time to shoot him in the dick that, before you no. try to hit him with a that's, leveling yeah, shot. You're that, trying to save your life. Personal. That's a personal shot. When, you when she did that, I loved her when she did that, man. <laughs> that, that's, a, that, that's that sort of thing to me, especially when you, I mean, you look at like, crimes of passion in general um that's yep. the area women tend to go for yeah right so exactly. so I, that's right. not where you would shoot him first if he was coming at you with a knife you would shoot him where she logically shot him which was in the head then if we look at that then she's then shot my second time in the cock after he's died which to me why <laughs> yeah. why has she done that and like i say she wipes down the knife after like pulling the hair out and all the rest and like you say there's residue which would be checked on the body from the 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 tape that she's used um the the pro- i mean they would look at all these things anyway and um right. it, it gets uh, but the, once again, the Scream franchise has had this thing. And I don't know if you guys talked about. I remember listening to your first one, but I don't know if you've ever touched on the fact that when they bring Sydney's dad out and they kneel him down and they put the clone phone and the voice thing in his pocket, it's Stu that's done that. So his fingerprints are all over fucking them. Yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about the prints, but we said we if we were killers, we would never hold the stuff in our shirt pockets. Of course, you fucking wouldn't, and you you wouldn't. You said. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's these sort of things. So you get this thing as well. She sets it up and she's obviously, but then you've got to think about it from the point of view that she's only a teenager. So right, she's, right, everything right. she's learned, right. I'm assuming, is from movies. It's CSI, Miami. 
And she knows Dewey's the fucking sheriff. She's like, this yeah, motherfucker's yeah, smart enough. Yeah, she knows he's a fucking goof off. He ain't gonna figure out that he has tape on his ankles. Well, hell, so, it took his own damn <laughs> wife for him to for him to make to realize that, the, <laughs> that she damn. shouldn't have known about the stab in the shoulder. Yeah, he was like, and he's like, he does like a virtual face palm, and he's like, oh yeah. no. I just <laughs> He got a kick out of it. He's like, hey, <laughs> she says that you should write a book together because you got the uh, matching shoulder injury. Ooh, and then he's yeah. like, uh, dumbass, how does she know that? Oh, fuck. I actually like that, though. I thought that was good because let's face it, guy. This is the first time that that, the, that any of the three, three Scream characters have actually figured something out as opposed to <laughs> just uh, unmasking. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, hey, you yeah. know, I'm a killer motherfucker. They, they figured it out, dude. Good for her. Good for them. She's going to make a lot of money off of that book. But I know what you're saying about the party scene. That Everybody says that's where it should have ended, yes, and, and how they added on with the hospital scene. Now, there's a lot of problems with the hospital scene, dude. Yeah. First of all, okay, all the shit goes down down and fight when the shit goes down you better be ready um when (laughs) thank you the only thing i thought was bad was the noise she made when trying to kill sid other than that yeah i'm like if you want to discreetly kill someone in a hospital room it is not advisable to go in and attack them like your fucking hulk hogan and throw them and tear the room windows and shit yeah no one will ever notice (laughs) <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like. Okay. Okay. First of all, um, the the hospital scene is what it is, and you know clearly Jill's a fucking psycho, dude, because she's not gonna get away with it at this point. But she's gonna fucking she's she's a she's a fucking psycho, dude. She's gonna kill all these people in the hospital and try and play it off like like what's your where where's your angle now? You yeah, know but what dude, I mean? you gotta remember what else is she gonna do? Like you have to kill Sid. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So but- the only thing you could really mention is why the fuck didn't you make sure she was dead in the fucking kitchen? No, which I thought she was dead, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah the, 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 but wouldn't you make sure? Yeah. The once she's, she's all the way through the film. Everyone else has been stabbed to shit. That, that girl in her room got fucking right. her insides cut they out. jumped through tables and shit, and you don't make sure this bitch is dead? Yeah, you need to kill Sydney, or you need to kill fucking Gail, like we mentioned earlier on, and you stab one in the shoulder and the other one in the stomach, and then just let them fall to the ground. When everyone else has taken multiple stabs and they've survived, you know, to a point where they've had to literally had bits cut out of them, um, yeah. she gets one stab into her, and mm-hmm. that's well, totally I think, right, I think she Alex. got two, actually. Yeah, 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 I, that's right, sorry, she gets two. I, if you if you've pinned your whole thing on the fact that you're the sole survivor. Um, I mean, even the fucking Culkin got stabbed in the heart. There's no coming back from that, you know what I mean? No, nah, yeah. you, I mean, that, yeah, if you're, if you're going to pick holes in the fact that, I think the, the, the fact that she goes crazy in the hospital is the fact that she's she's grown up with all these stories that basically her cousin's pretty much invincible, and when she th- finally does what no one else has done in any of the other screen films, which is basically set out the perfect plan and pretty much get away with it. Yeah, perfect. Our cousin's still yeah. alive. And it's the frustration, I think, that kicks in more than anything. As you know, well, what does it t- what's it going to take to kill fucking Sydney? I do yeah. love when she yeah. – um, I did – to go back for one second, I do love where Jill beats herself up. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious it, when, she, when she slams into the picture and then she throws herself on the table and, yeah. you know, that that is pretty funny. Hilarious. It's straight out of Fight Club, dude. I, I love that fucking scene, dude. And it shows you how much – how far she'll go. But here, here's what I don't like about the hospital scene, okay? It's not like it ruins it for me, but here's one scene and then I'll get into the big fucking thing, okay? Deputy Hicks comes in, right? 
Um, she saves Gail, kind of. She fucking, you know, protects her by the bed or whatever, which, okay, fine, whatever. And then she gets shot. And then, you know, oh, and I love how Dewey gets fucking whacked in the head by a bedpan like three times. <laughs> I love that, dude. I thought, I thought that was great. I, the thing I didn't like about it was fucking the stupid-ass line. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. First of all, when, when fucking, uh, you know, like you said, don't fuck with the original. And, and I didn't like the whole I didn't like that setup, though. I'm not in love with Gail saying clear. And she's like, clear? Yeah, clear, yeah. bitch. Boom. Uh, yeah, you saw that coming, too. I mean, and you, oh, totally, totally. And I, I'll get back to that, too, uh, of killing off Jill and, and that whole thing. But I didn't like how Deputy Hicks fucking, Hicks, you're still alive? Wear the vest, save your chest, or whatever the fuck it is. And then she just drops like a <laughs> cartoon, dude. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, that pissed me off so bad. I was like, what the fuck is this, dude? Because well, it just... knocks you out. It takes the wind out of you. Oh, please, dude. That's fucking retarded. <laughs> it's still oh, but, fucking hurt. You're going to say a stupid-ass line before it happens? Oh, we're the best. She, she falls, dude, yeah, she falls we just saw earlier fast. in this movie where a guy got stabbed in the fucking head and had time to say just, a line. So I guess they figure anything up. goes. I know. It's, no, it's Craven. It's Craven again doing his kind of slapstick sort of... His, his interpretation of comedy is the fact that she delivers that line and then she faints and... Uh, Overly right. exaggerated comical fashion. Exactly. And, that, and now, that wasn't the biggest problem. And there's also a scene after where they kind of, you know, had to make it all kind of fucking, you know, where, oh, you guys should write your book together, you know, Gail and, and Sydney, and they're all laughing and it's fucking, you know, whatever, whatever. That's not that's not a big gripe, but it's just, ah, uh, whatever. What's the problem, though? You're not mentioning Okay, okay I'll tell you. And I've told you this before, Alex. <laughs> My main fucking problem is... The fucking studio stepped in, dude. They changed Williamson's script. They changed fucking everything. And they made this movie what should have been a trilogy. They basically fucking made no room for a trilogy. Now, technically, yeah. Kirby, Kirby could still be alive. Yes. How they were going to do this was like this. Okay. As far, from what I understand, they were going to let Jill get away with it. Right, we we leave the film kind of like the last line, like uh, Jill, an all American hero, you know, like that kind of weird line. That kind of encapsulated what the ending was going to be, which was Jill gets away with it, and then uh, and then fucking in the next ones, um, it sets her up where she does get caught and she goes to jail and stuff like that, and then she has a like a a, a following so to speak, and she and she has people fucking uh, I don't know how how they plan on working it out, but you know fucking that basically somebody picked up the torch because they liked what Jill did or whatever. They didn't do that, and then that's why Williamson wrote the following, which has Nico whatever his name is fucking the boyfriend there in the show, which I thought was cool. But that's what the following came out of, which was Williamson fucking basically saying this was going to be my scream story. And they fucking fucked it all up. They killed Jill. They killed they killed her off. Like in the original Scream Four, she got away with it, dude. Which I thought would have been a fucking uh, ridiculously good yeah. ending. And yeah. then yeah, setting, like up, that. setting up two more fucking sequels, and that's the way it should be. And I don't know what the third one I don't know what the second one entails, but just those facts that she was supposed to get away with it and this, that, and then they're like, Yeah, no, we're gonna kill everyone, uh, you know, fucking pretty much. And uh, granted, like I said, they could have brought Kirby back because she wasn't dead, she was still breathing in the last scene. But it just it just seems so fucking Yeah, I, my 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 particular thing with this is right, you get you basically get and the, the sequence in the house, you get what we've referred to, I think, as a kind of Scooby-Doo ending, where our character basically <laughs> explains in full, basically, yeah. what they've, you know, they've done the whole thing for. And they do that in every, 
they do that in every film, right? So we get that whole bit of explanation, right? And then, you know, she obviously, she thinks she's, she kills Sydney and she goes out. Then we go to this hospital sequence. And this film, you're talking about your, your previous one being quite long. This film's like an hour and 50 minutes long or something. Yeah, it didn't feel like it. Which is, you know, which is quite long for a horror film, but you get this, uh, to me, that whole sequence in the hospital, and I didn't know anything about what Dan was saying, feels tagged on. And it yes. just seems, it seems, it, it doesn't seem in keeping with the Scream franchise. You've got Jill, right. who's been stabbed in the shoulder, who, you know, she's been taken off all the rest, yet she can go through, attack Sydney, and fucking throw her through a glass cabinet with no problem with her shoulder at all, which makes no fucking sense, right? <laughs> she's, you know, she's got this injury. She's been, she's kicked her own ass, basically, right? right. She's, but all of a sudden, she's, there's nothing wrong with her. She's like fucking superwoman, like throwing Sydney, who's clearly bigger and heavier and stronger than her, <laughs> about the place, you know, as if she's a fucking rag doll. So you've well, got plus that. Sydney was touching go just five exactly. minutes ago according yeah. to Dewey and now she's yeah. all like the punisher exactly yeah, she's exactly. She's, she's getting punched in the stomach. Her, her stitches have ripped open, and all the rest. You know, all these things. So you get you get that right. You then get the like we were talking about the the obvious fucking you know classic Dewey moment where he doesn't realise the bit that's been blatantly staring him in the front. You know, in front of his face all the way yeah. through it. But to me, the biggest feeling about this film is the fact that, and I know we're talking about the screen world is basically you know Sydney. Dewey and, and Gail. The biggest the biggest crime of this film is that one of the main characters doesn't get killed off. Yes. That's right. that to right. me that to me that's how you progress the trilogy. You take and I am not saying they have to be as ballsy and take out Sydney, although that to be honest with you is what I would have done. Yeah, it takes Sydney out of the equation and all if if, if my memory serves, the way this film was advertised to an extent, there was the the kind of hint that that was what was going to happen. Was Sydney yeah. was going to get taken out of this movie, and we're basically going to follow a brand new set of characters forward for the next three films. That's what Craven said he was going to do. Yeah. So what we get is we get this ending, which is a fucking brilliant ending. Basically, the niece has manipulated everything. She's fucking done everything. She's going to she's going to be an. an an American hero. She's going to be on front. She's going to be everything that Sydney couldn't be because she's going to be a survivor who relishes the fact that she's a survivor as opposed to shunning it like Sydney did. She's going to be one for the new generation and all the rest. And you set up that brilliant ending and then you tag on this bit in a hospital at the end, which just feels forced and just... I, I, to me, it's like Dan says, it kills the opportunity to move it forward. You cannot move that story forward now. No. The next film, Scream 5, is basically going to be like Scream 4. It's going to be a standalone entity where Sydney's going to appear at a place well, people are going to start dying and, you know, and then this thing's... Unless they decide not to put Sydney in it, at which case you're going to have fans saying, what the fuck happened to Sydney? They ruined yeah. their opportunity with the film. And that's what I hate about this film more Thank than anything. Thank you. And I, enjoy it i do enjoy this film and we'll get to our rankings at the end but i think that the the cardinal crime of this film is the fact that those last 15 minutes in the hospital are completely unnecessary yeah they don't need to be they could even they, they could have done a, a kind of reversal of the scenario where um you know sydney's been stabbed and all the rest and they always say that thing well they always come back and Sydney right. could have got up and they attacked Jill at the end or whatever and done something there and I would have appreciated that ending more than the let's tag it to the hospital and even then that seems forced you know the, the whole sequence and uh, the cop faints and Dewey's alright and Gail's okay and we're all going to live happily ever after uh, no I, I just I, I just feel that last 15 minutes is completely unnecessary and um, Duncan, and I, now, let me ask you a question about Dan's things. Yeah. 
Yeah, sorry. Oh, I was, I was, I'm sorry, dude. Please, please, go ahead. No, no, I was, I was saying that was before I knew about the whole Kevin Williamson thing. And that following idea on screen, I can see what you're saying now when I'm doing that show. That to me, that Scream 5, if it was, you know, Jill's been locked up and she's got people doing the kills for her, that would be fucking awesome. Right. I would yeah. love to see that film. Yeah, and, and dude, and that's the thing, like, okay, so clearly they made a decision, and they even say it, this should have ended at the party, like, they say it, so they're very conscious of the fact that they are trying to, like, they even say, oh, where does it go next? A party, like, they know all the steps, so clearly the hospital scene was intentional, I just think it was a bad step, and it was a bad yeah. step in terms of uh, of setting up the, the future sequels, and, and like you said, you're right, dude, that whole 15 minutes or whatever the fuck it was, dude, I was sitting there like what the fuck is going on? like I, I was intrigued like what's gonna happen but i was like this is so unnecessary dude now granted i do like the ending it, it, it's not the best ending and like i said the potential of of possible sequels with with that original ending that's what enrages me i guess is, is the potential for fucking greatness and they and they just kind of said no we gotta wrap this up uh we, we gotta we gotta fucking wrap up every storyline and, and all this and all that and i don't know like you said it's gonna start over in screen five and who are they gonna follow kirby in the next one if they decide to fucking pick up and and, and assuming she's still alive even they didn't yeah. leave one character alive in this dude not one except possibly like i said kirby but everybody's dead and they killed yeah. everybody that's except, what, for the, that's except for the main characters that i really right. think i think they right. pushed out and yep. they're afraid to get rid of one of these three characters because they're afraid of backlash i mean if right. you know these characters have been through one of the hallmarks of this franchise is that they've had several of the same characters throughout the entire franchise and which i have actually happen to appreciate that fact that there is no other franchise out there where you no. see the exact same characters all the way through this many films so i mean that's a good thing except that it also if they continue with that then you get to the mindset where well they're not going to kill them never once yeah. did i did i fear for sydney's life i should have you know, mm -hmm. I yeah. should have had that in my brain, but never once was I afraid that she was going to die. Never once did I think that Gail was going to die. I mean, the, the stab to the shoulder, not a surprise because I, she's like the friggin' Energizer bunny, you know, <laughs> and it's just I, because you got of more the, lives than a cat, Gail. What they what they could have done that really would have awakened me and like it would have been a slap across the face and I would have sat up in my chair going, what? Is if they had had the balls yeah. to knock off one of these characters, then I would have been like, "Scream! You just showed me something I wasn't expecting." Yeah, you know. But they didn't do that, and and to me, I agree with Duncan that that and that the hospital scene. So many times in horror films, we get that after scene in the hospital, and it just ruins it for me. Like there, there's, it's like any time you go to the hospital, I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus, you know. And and <laughs> it, it's a trope that's used quite a bit. It's like, oh, you yeah. think the movie's over, but no, no, it follows us to the hospital. More shit's gonna happen, and I just, I never like it. It never turns out well. Do you like in Friday Thirteenth Part Five? Tommy Jarvis <laughs> is the new Jason. No, not even five. I love five, but not even in that. Um, it just – it doesn't – to me, it just never works. And then in this one, I felt like we already had – we already did this. We don't need to – we don't need to be here doing more stuff. You know, it's just like we don't need to do more stuff. Kill Sydney, Kill her. Be done with that. And – and give us a real shocking ending. Give us something that Scream people are not going to see coming, and that is you knocking off Sydney, because that would have been huge. But they can't knock her off because then she can't come back. 
Yeah. Well, I think this the shame of it is is that it was supposed to be a remake. It's supposed to be a reboot within the original series, and the best way to do that is to kill off the main character, and then the next one, you could even have Dewey as the sheriff, and it would still be, uh, it would feel like a fresh start because Sid's gone. You know. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, it would have been a great idea. But they just, like Dan said, they wanted to tidy up the story. Let's wrap up this one. Maybe they just, uh, somebody said during the shooting or whatever, they said, we're not going to finance the next two. I don't know if we're going to do another trilogy. You might want to just clean this up at the end of this one. And Because uh, I'm not, you know, don't do something that you're leaving a cliffhanger or banking on two more being made because I don't right. know if we're doing this. That might have mm-hmm. happened. We don't really know. So, you know, it is what it is. But I'm not going to – I agree. I'm Team Jill all the way, man, as uh, terrible as that sounds but because, you know, the team <laughs> thing that I'm throwing in. But uh, the fact is I would have loved that ending, uh, that Jill was the the winner of this. But, I, you know, I thought the whole movie was just so solid that I'm not going to say that it, it it's the worst scream because of that or the ending killed it or anything. No. It just didn't. You know, 15 minutes at the end, which wasn't that – bad i mean ex- except that we didn't get what we wanted it's just not killing the movie for me so i don't know it is what it is but no but exactly. i think it would have been a lot stronger if they'd had the balls to do something that no one was expecting right and exactly. can I say this too? Yo, they fucked up williamson dude he does not want to do any more screams now he's fucking pissed and i don't blame him dude but he's basically not going to write another scream movie because of that shit because well, he that means told- that the the franchise is ruined then because you saw exactly. what happens when he didn't write one of the entries it fucked exactly it, it that's fucked. what i'm saying I'm sorry to interrupt you, Duncan. Sorry. No, no, no. I, what I was going to say is, I, I think I came back to this film, like I said at the start, I watched it in the cinema when it came out. I've revisited mm-hmm. it three years on. And what, I, what I've taken away from watching it this time through, and the ending does annoy me, but I forgot how, like, for one, how menacing this film is um, compared to the other one. I think this one, it, you know, it holds up surprisingly well. Um, in terms of how violent it is, um, all the messages were still within a time period where social networking, like Facebook right. and you no know, webcams, that that's all still relevant and pre- uh, prevalent in our lives just now. So that whole side of things holds up really fucking good in the film. Um, I, and I forgot how how fun this film is. It's, it is, yeah. it, is a, it is a whole hell of a lot of fun. Um, yep. And I think that's first and foremost from a, a screen film, especially this far into the franchise, that's what you want. You want it to deliver fun and, you know, right. blood and guts and scares and all the rest. And this film does do that. And like I say, I, I've got I've got problems with, with how they finished it. But even if, you, even if you take it as a whole product, the hour and 50 minutes it was on, minus 15 minutes of that, I like this movie. I really like this movie. I'm behind it. I enjoy where it goes. There are a couple of things that, you know, you know, kind of go a wee bit wonky in places. And, you know, it's obvious. Yeah. But, you know, for for the most part, it's, it's a solid fucking film. And it is a shame that the, the, the only way they can progress scream now is through a MTV television series, which is not going to have the, the same impact. I would love to see where they could have, you know where they could take it on the big screen further because I mean maybe not even necessarily with Wes Craven you know just taking it right. in a in a direction but yeah I think that's the first and foremost thing that I've got to say is I really fucking enjoyed this film watching back and I watched it just before podcasting and I was 
I was like, I was gutted that I didn't have any popcorn to eat because that's a total popcorn horror movie. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah, when we were watching Scream 2, uh, when I was watching it for this show, I actually stopped the beginning as they were walking into the theater and got up and made popcorn. Yes. And I was like, I can't watch this without popcorn, especially because make, they're eating popcorn in the movie. I made it. No, I didn't make pop. No, I didn't make Jiffy Pop, but I do make my popcorn on the stove. I hate microwave what? popcorn. You know what we should do? Every time we watch Scream, we should make it the way she does with that old thing, that Jiffy Pop. <laughs> I actually have – I actually – until recently, I had some of those. I got them in my Christmas stocking. But um, I don't – I, I hate microwave popcorn. I don't like it at all, so I always make it on the stove. But I have a, I have a old-fashioned – it's an aluminum popcorn popper. That you put the oil in the bottom and then you oh, put that the one? popcorn yeah. layer and then you just shake it over the stove and yep. it's popcorn. Hey, Jamie. So, Jamie, yeah. you want some popcorn? Makes your mouth go pop, 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 pop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got to wrap this up. This is uh, a three-hour show already. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, I don't even know when this is going. Oh, wonder, I do have a bit of trivia oh, about this. Oh, Jesus real, Christ. This, this, like, <laughs> this Get the fuck out of here. This, this – um, this version, um, this version, this entry was filmed in Michigan, and all of the newscasters that you see, like reporting uh, are throughout real. the film, are local news people from Michigan. Really? Except for Nancy O'Dell, who is in it's, pretty it's, much every scream, and she hasn't been relevant probably since the last, uh, yeah, scream two, probably. <laughs> yeah, but like all the local newscasters are actual local newscasters from Michigan. Really? Cool. All right. Well, let's rate this quickly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so first, uh, Dan, how do you rate this from uh, Netflix? Five out of five on an enjoyment level. How do you rate this out of five? I got to be honest with you, dude. Besides the ending and me not liking it, dude, I fucking love this movie. All right. So that's five out of five. Uh, Jamie. How do you rate this on enjoyment level? Five out of five. Three point five. Three point five. Three point five. How about technically? Seven. <laughs> All right, Duncan. How do you? Uh, do you know how we do ratings? Yeah, yeah, I, I do Netflix on. Uh, yeah, he does it too, So, um, yeah, so I would say this is probably from watching it again tonight. I would say it's a four. I really like <laughs> yeah. this film. And how about technically, uh, what do you think this movie is from 1 to 10? Technically, I would probably side with Jamie on a 7. I think the the aspects, the three points would knock off with probably to do with the, the goofy comedy, which doesn't really fit within the film. Some of the the inconsistencies in terms of characters are injured but aren't injured um, for some reason um, and like the last 15 minutes so I, I would give it a, a 7 I think it's I think it's revisiting it's a lot stronger than I remember it at the cinema I remember walking at the cinema and having a lot of fucking like geek rants <laughs> online yeah, right, about yeah. it that happens the first watch yeah yeah kind of coming back to um, I, I has, I've appreciated it more okay yeah um uh, this time, you know, I was like taking notes and stuff, and I said uh, I was more into the notes than I was about the movie and what happened, man. Like almost instantly, b- within twenty minutes, I was so lost in the movie. It no really, notes. I couldn't believe. Yeah, I was like, notes became secondary. So yep. that that was important to me, and that really affects this rating. So uh, I, I I'm going to rate this a four point five out of five. I think what. 
Yeah, the only thing I would have liked better is if Jill survived, obviously, and uh, Nev died. And that would have been my perfect uh, movie, but that didn't happen. Uh, and I, the comedy is what it is. The comedy is going to lose a little bit in technically. So a technical rating, I would say this is like a 8 out of 10 uh, because of the tech, the, the the jokes, I just I don't do jokes like that, and uh, everything else was done so well. I love the the brutality, um, all that kind of stuff, and uh, the ending. I mean, at least it was it was at least not uninteresting. It, I mean, it wasn't like it was whatever. It wasn't what I wanted, but whatever. So. It's eight out of ten. So. How would you guys rank the series? Um, well, as, I was gonna do that when we come back from break. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, that's how we normally do it. But no, 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 forget it, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll be right back. We're gonna wrap things up for the Scream retrospective in a minute. This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. Skintastically nude in theaters, Scarlett Johansson finally reveals what's under her clothes in the sci-fi thriller Under the Skin. As a sexually voracious space alien, Scarlett bears her massive Milky Ways, full moon, and even some shadowy surface of Venus. Under the Skin will make both your heads spin. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude on Blu-ray is the 1982 slasher bash Slumber Party Massacre. Brink Stevens will bring you to the brink of ecstasy as she gets all sudsy in the shower with Deborah DeLiso and Michelle Michaels as they show off for some peeping toms. Slumber Party Massacre has sleeping bags and fun bags. Ooh. Returning to HBO on April 6th, it's all the Chesteros of Westeros on Game of Thrones. It was a game of moans last season with Amelia Clark as the Barris Targaryen and Carice von Houghton's bewitching TNA, and we're expecting more of the same this time around. Winter is coming in your pants. MrSkin.com Fast forwarding to the good parts. Alright, All right, guys, we've come to the end. It's time to leave Woodsboro. It was a long journey. Um, an interesting third part of our journey, but okay. And uh, so now we're at the end. We uh, went through everything and gave the lowdown. So it's time to wrap it up and uh, basically rank the franchise. Which one is the best, second best, third best, and fourth best? Um, hmm. Let's see. Jamie, why don't you go I first? I knew it. <laughs> yeah. So you, you have to be on your toes. This is my order. Is everyone sitting down? I'm gonna. I'm actually standing. Hold on. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. I got my dick in my hand. Number one. Right? Part three. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. It's not April go. Fools. It's April. Yeah, don't fuck and, around. And, and you know what? This isn't going to mesh completely with my ratings, but uh, I stand by this. One, four, two, three. Okay. That sounds legit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fuck yeah, that's what mine is. That's what mine is. <laughs> now, and that for that, I'm going strictly on enjoyment while I'm watching the film. And the brutality of the fourth film really gives it a lot of points with me. I mean, like the blood, the just the bloodshed just sort of amps it up there. So there you go. You know what's interesting? As you watch part four, then you think back to two in your head and you get the flashes of the people in it and the scenes in it. Part two, 
looking at it that way, it seems like some shit extension of part one and just dragging something out. And it's not fresh and original and new and cutting edge and, and interesting. And, it and, scream goes to college. Is what it's it kind is. of, yeah. And it's kind of bland, you know, and bland, right. It's yeah. fucking boring. It's like, it's like shit compared to like, like when you think of it that way, it just doesn't, yeah, I just I don't like two anymore. Like I I could literally go through my life watching one and four, and I'm done with it. Yeah, dude, I totally agree, man. I like Scream Two when it came out, and but I, I've gotten over it. And in ranking the series, dude, it definitely is not one of the best ones at all. No. Like, and I like a lot of it, dude. I like I like a lot. We talked about Scream Two. I really do like that film. But you look at this one, dude. It fucking beats the shit out of two, man. Yeah, I mean it really does. Character wise, I don't so think it beats the shit out of it but i think it just noses ahead but for me that's mainly that's due to the bloodshed i think it's way i think it's far beyond i think it beats the shit out of it no but the thing is with, with, with okay with scream 2 though uh, it's okay there are sequences in scream 2 like you know um when he's ch- when she's chasing gail through the fucking thing and, and and obviously the opening scene like you said when you when you went and got popcorn there's there's a lot of good scenes but there's also a lot of bullshit scenes that don't really add up like especially when you guys started talking about the um like how did they get the footage and how did they know how to load it up and, sh- and i started thinking about all that too and and I think everything, uh, you know, all at once kind of just basically made me just kind of not hate on the Turn film. You off. But well, it, it, I think it got put in its place when four came out. I mean, two is fucking if, if they just made one through three, it would go one, two, three. But they made right. four. So four supersedes two. Sorry, it's better. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Duncan, what do you how do you rank this? Surprisingly, exactly the same. And <laughs> when you're right, you're right. Yeah, the, right up till, in fact, even 10 minutes into Scream 4, I was having a, a Facebook conversation with my former co-host who had basically said, you know, uh, no doubt the, the show you're going to be recording is basically just going to be a show where you shit on the fourth one. And I was like, no, I, th- I think the fourth one's an enjoyable film and, and whatnot, but my order was one, two, th- uh, four, three. And that's that I said that at the start. I think even when Alex posted it at the on your page when you were going to do it, that's the order I put them in. But I mean, just I think it's probably the most enjoyable watch that you get outside of the first one, which I think, and I said it before, I'll say it again, could possibly be one of the finest slashers ever made. And I think four seems to yeah. catch the spirit of that. And you know, kind of amps up the the gore. And to me, it's almost the complete spiritual sequel to the first one in that it takes what happens in the first one and gives you everything they say you know like randy's rules you know the, the bloodshed's going to be more there's going to be more bodies or whatnot yeah it actually happened this time because in part two it didn't even happen they don't really go as far you don't get as much of that so it is almost like the spiritual sequel so i think if yeah. you if you do it in terms of enjoyment and what one's hold up and like i say four holds up really fucking good just because it's still relevant so yeah, I, I think there's no way um, I could I could go with my original numbering system. So I have to join these. I think so. That's yeah. one, well, that's four, six. three. Uh, sorry, two, three. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. You know, I mean, going in, I was going to put four above three just because three was so fucking shitty. Um, And but so it just sort of landed there by default. But after watching it this time, I'm like, yeah, I mean, mean, it really is more fun in spirit and in reality than the second one, which after 
which I still think is a solid sequel, you know, as far mm-hmm. as sequels and franchises yeah. go. But after watching this again, I'm like, yeah, it really is just kind of bland. It's like right. it's like the movie my grandmother made. Yeah, that's what compared it's... to this, you know. So um, I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased that we did this and complete. If you go back to when we covered these films on Devour, it is completely different. Like my, <laughs> my <laughs> the like, second review. It was, um, it was, yeah. I mean, my my view of this film is way different, and um, but I'm glad that I gave it another day in court, and actually came out the other end enjoying this film because I really think it deserves that. So, and I yeah. I concede I I was wrong. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, it's it's clear to to all of us, and I don't know. I mean, I never saw a hundred percent everybody ranking something the same way. So, yeah. uh, I think we were onto something here. It's uh. One of the most accurate things you could say about Scream 2 is that it just it's, just seems really dated now. I mean, and, and not in a good way. Not like the 80s were dated and it's like great and charming. Like this is dated like, eh, it's just another 90s sequel. And, you know, I don't know, when you're watching it, it feels differently. But after you watch this, it just feels really dated. I think it's because they had more time with this too. You know, they had ten years, dude, to 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 think about this and let the script develop. And within the terms of how the story goes, too, you know, you can pick the story up ten years later after Scream Three, and that gives you a lot of leeway. Now we've talked about Scream Two and how it fucking started production. Right. Maybe that was rushed. It was too rushed, dude. I mean, I, that's well, yeah, what I think it is. I mean, if you look at both films, I mean, one fucking made ten years later, it's fucking awesome. One made fucking ten ten minutes later. I mean, come on. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's clear what's going on here. So, yeah. well, uh, you know, hey, thank you guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed the Scream retrospective. It was fun going through Woodsboro and then wherever the hell they went in the second movie, and then wherever the fuck we were in the third one. Dude, I've been wanting to fucking do this series since day one too. So thank you guys. Fucking, I've been waiting. I've been uh, I've been waiting to do this basically since. Since we started, so yeah, yeah, two years. He's been waiting two years for this, show. <laughs> and now it's over. Now he'll never get it again. I've been patiently waiting for a track. To- oh, sorry. yeah. So Duncan, thanks for uh, helping us close this out, man. You were awesome. You made some great observations that I probably would have never occurred to me. You know, uh, uh, or anyone. To step my game up, uh, to step my game up big time. You know, this is like the A leagues of the fucking podcast for me. <laughs> Um, you guys are you guys are at the, the, the top of the tree, um, so I had, to, I had to try and bring it with me. But thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm a massive fan of the Skeleton Crew, and it's an absolute honour and pleasure to be on your show. Thanks, thank you, man. Thank Duncan. You, Duncan. Duncan is the man. Check out podcasts under the stairs too. Um, it's awesome. And then uh, Rock and Real Reviews, which is his music thing, correct? Yes, it is. Nice, dude. But this <laughs> motherfucker's killing it everywhere. <laughs> And happy birthday, by the way. I, I will I will record something formal for your show, but happy birthday, guys. Hey, congratulations on two years. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for coming out for this one and celebrating it with us. And thank you, everybody, for fucking, you know, uh, actually listening to part four after three. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I was saying, I don't know where the fuck we were in part three, where that took place. I just want to be wherever the hell Dan was. Yeah. <laughs> I think if people, rate the, if people rate the retro, they're probably going to put them in the same order that we put the movies. <laughs> yeah, like, we were brutal to part two, and three was just a nightmare for everybody, I think, involved, watching, listening, being on it, whatever. And and I think, yeah, it's exactly the same. Yep. Yep. 
So <laughs> there you go. So again, thank you everybody. Thank you, Duncan. This is Alex for Dan and Jamie and Duncan. This is the Skeleton Crew, and we will see you with something. We have really no idea what's next, but uh, just take this in for a while. Maybe we'll take a week off. I don't know, but we'll be back. I'll be right back. <laughs> I had to. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs>